0: The thing that has Luke captured at the beginning is a wampa. That's not what he sleeps in. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, though.
1: the tartar. The tauntaun. Tauntaun.
0: Tauntaun, yep. Tartar.
1: <laughs> I think that's a, a sauce, sauce for fish, for fish bro. If I know correctly. <laughs> the
0: tartar.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> this one's going to be that's... off the rails, boys.
4: Welcome back everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate and decide if it's a show we want to green or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Merry Happy Whatever. Merry Happy Whatever went one season with only eight episodes on Netflix. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Welcome, Matt, originally airing November 28th. 2019 so to get things started i'm Jay gags with me as always the boys all the boys gordo ferg joe and nick what's going on guys the only oh, show oh, oh.
2: worse than jay's immune system
3: yeah i don't usually i have a quote but i i just I, uh, to quote my notes every third line just has me written down fuck which <laughs> is just <laughs> what i kept that writing like, like there's like another sibling fuck
2: <laughs> like that's For like real oh my god how sibling? many Fucking characters, do you need on a TV show?
3: There's like 50
4: members yeah. of this cast. It is unfucking wieldy. I wrote What's down a couple it? alternate names for this show. Um, it could have been called Christmas Comfort. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah, it's also about a dead mom. What the fuck, Netflix? Meet the parents. The new class.
3: <laughs> this is j- thank you. I wrote that down. I was like, this is legitimately just like a Bobo meet the parents. It's so fucking stupid.
1: Yeah. I was actually expecting at one point for them to be like, that's mama's guitar. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> I'm going to go on record before we destroy this episode to just go on record in case he listens to the first two minutes of it. I fucking love Dennis Quaid not Apple. of fire fuck is you. one of my favorite movies of all time nope this fuck you. was the worst fucking shit ever though this is so fucking bad
0: hey at least he gave us inner space
3: i do oh, we gotta love inner space
4: it's just in case he only listens to the first few minutes i'll wait and we'll make fun of him until later <laughs>
3: <laughs> is this a sequel to one of his most famous movies but this one is
0: the wrong stuff because oh boy oh boy for the record, everyone, this is a Jay Gags pick. So, Jay, why did you pick this show?
1: Ferg, this is a you pick, actually.
0: Well, so, pick. your streak is in danger, Ferg. It is not a me pick.
4: This was not a me pick. It was, this is our Christmas episode. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Holiday episode, whatever you guys celebrate. We are all Christmas celebrating individuals. So, this is a Christmas related show, and there's not a lot of them. I was. So, last year, we did The Simpsons thinking that that was our only option. And then um, this one came about. Netflix created this uh, sitcom about Christmas, which um, you can I, – I, you know, I was going to bring it up later, but this is the only way you can do a show that's centered around such a small amount of time, right, where you put out, like, the Netflix style where the whole season comes out at once for binging purposes? Yeah. Yeah. Because you I can't do, a- like, a weekly
3: show about Christmas. You don't call it merry, happy, whatever. You call it holiday, 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 and then every season is around a different holiday. Because unless you're going to put out one season every year where you just catch up with these folks again at Christmas, this makes no sense. When I saw that the show was canceled and wasn't just a singular season, we wrote one season of a yeah. show, I was so confused. Because who wants to watch Merry, Happy, Whatever in fucking July? It does not work.
1: Uh, technically, technically, hasn't television always tried to make like Christmas in July happen? Yeah, but it like, never works. I, Nobody cares. No,
4: but I, I think what could... What, like. With this is you put the season out in no, late November like this one came out and people binge it because that's what people do now. So when the whole season comes out at once, you watch all eight episodes or whatever. And then next year when season two comes out, you just drop that around Christmas again. So like under the Netflix format of like binging, like you can do a season once a year and it could theoretically work where they all meet again next Christmas. And, but it's going to dry up quick.
0: Guys, yeah. have we passed the single Netflix um sitcom yet? No uh,
3: Netflix no. original? I don't think so. I think, so. think the Kevin James a one few. was close, but it wasn't.
4: Yeah, we did the crew, we did Country Comfort, and I don't Big remember show, if there was show. another Big, Big show, show Show. you're right, yeah. So but no, where this is Trailer Park Boys? Does that tag? That's not no. No. that was that just was US the...
1: distribution. But wasn't that the line skirt?
4: It wasn't like they didn't have any head in it. Like these are all made Like, you can tell just watching these visually, like, the the way they're shot, the cameras, I'm pretty sure the same writing crew just goes from from, uh, show to show. They're all made exactly the same.
3: That's another crazy thing. So aside from there being people in this, like, Dennis Quaid, who are part of really good things, the creator of this show is, like, one of the people who wrote, like, a billion episodes, like, the entire series of Everybody Loves Raymond. Really? He's currently writing Home Economics, which we love. I love rather. He's writing. Did um, you
4: say we? I've never seen it.
0: <laughs> I don't even heard of that. I've
4: never even heard of it.
3: It's the new show with Topher Grace. It's really good. Well, I'll cover oh, okay, it I've soon. Heard it.
4: I've heard of
0: it. Hold on. I the, oh,
3: oh, he also did Superior Donuts. This is like a writer for Superior Donuts. Everything else this person has done, I'm like, these are all great. Was
4: he fucking drunk? I don't know what's going on here. It he must got- be the Netflix touch, like something no. that they do to it.
1: No, I mean he got paid to no, write if- a show called. Merry, happy,
2: whatever. Oh,
3: and Parks and Rec. He also wrote some of the best episodes of Parks and it's Rec. Netflix. In that first it's Netflix.
2: It's Netflix's fault. Season. They don't fucking care. They just don't care. Yeah. It's just about the the initial upfront money grab, and they do not care about it. They have figured out a formula that allows them to put low effort, low cost shit out that somehow makes them money, and then they don't care about it. That's I don't all think it they're is. Making it's, money right it's now. Just, I think
0: they're losing. Mm- subscriptions like rapidly
4: well, that's Would you why we're paying more either? money
2: which begs the question why aren't you trying a little harder because this is <laughs> fucking awful like it's so bad yeah, they canceled
3: like... glow while they were filming the th- season like in the middle of the season they were just like fuck it that they put a whole season of this horse shit out fuck off netflix
2: yeah i mean they and people watch glow <laughs> yeah people cared about that but look at the budgets i bet the budgets are drastically different Oh, and yeah. it's this like that take place in this took place
3: in yeah. two sets. Well, I guess three if you count the bar. Yeah, And it's on I a stage. I was the whole time I was yeah. watching this.
4: So I actually took the liberty of writing a little intro for the show for them. So here you go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, grab a cup of eggnog and sit back because if you want a wholesome Netflix sitcom that tackles such fun holiday issues as loss of a parent or spouse, divorce, atheism and jokes about coming out of the closet, all twisted into one shitty tasting candy cane. This show is for you.
3: Yeah, it's almost like they tried to do, like, the modern touch of, like, these are all things that are, like, whatever, but we'll make it at time, and it doesn't work. You know what works? All that stuff work? Christmas with the Cranks, a classic movie.
2: Why Watched did we just watch today. Christmas with the Cranks? That
4: what? being said, with Tim Allen, did you guys know Disney Plus came out with a Santa Claus TV show?
2: Yeah, we're all yeah. caught up with it, actually. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty much caught up with it right now. It's like, it's, I can't figure out how to explain the show without saying it's not good, it's not bad. Like it's just yeah, I'm with you. It I, I just, think you just did. It just is. It's worth a watch, but if you didn't see it, you wouldn't be missing much either. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, apparently that you're you can't make a job
3: anymore in Hollywood or, uh, of people who make fake beards because Tim Allen just has a CGI beard anytime he's Santa and that drives me fucking wild. Uh that's a weird thing about it like it's a little too digital but also like tim allen what were you doing grow your beard starting january
4: and commit to the goddamn role yeah. well is uh, the cause... same
0: problem as netflix right now there's no quality control
4: Well, guys, I I don't think we can skirt around it much longer. I think it's time to talk about this show. (laughs) We can't go in-depth on this one. We really just got to hit some some high
3: points, right? Like, this is so... Also, fuck you, Netflix. This show was 28 minutes long. I know. Six minutes longer than your average sitcom. you know how much harder it is to take notes for a show this bad that is a third longer
1: than most of the shows you cover? Netflix, look at what you've done to us. Look at what you've done to all of us. We have just been... Screeching like howler monkeys for thirteen minutes now.
0: Actually, uh, speak for yourself. I like this show. You would because it's your pick. <laughs> it's not my pick. You're d- your <laughs> so all right. Well, danger. Yeah, pick <laughs> a lane
2: there for a
4: long. Let's get into it, guys. Let's get into the actual episode. because so, we have to do it eventually. So um we the start end. with the uh Emily and Matt, and they're outside at the airport and um
2: pretending they're cold in Los Angeles. Yeah. No, it baby. really looks like Philadelphia,
3: guys. They did a great job set dressing.
4: Yeah. So it's like, uh, so we hear say, Oh, you were being facetious. Hmm. Oh, it's so cold. It's like a thousand needles poking at you. It finally feels like Christmas. And, uh, Matt says, I can't believe you grew up like this. Is this Philly or the ice planet Hoth? Uh, uh yuck, Star yuck, Wars yuck. Reference. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, so when they walk out of the airport in Cool Runnings, I believe they're cold. When they walk out of the airport here, you're like, I fucking hate these people. It (laughs) looks beautiful out, yeah. Yeah. Also, isn't this how Big Show Show started? Didn't it start with him at the airport picking up his daughter?
2: They love airports.
0: Fuck
3: me, Netflix.
0: No, it started in the car, didn't it? When he was going there? It starts in the plane. Uh, She's talking to the
4: person. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: How did Country Comfort start? A dead mama.
4: <laughs> their so, yeah it was just a storm i think and the girl walked in weirdly dark oh and i and i you know what before we even go any further i gotta remind you guys go to s21pod.com that's where you can find all the links to where you can listen to us all our social medias s21pod twitter instagram go there give us a follow and uh this way we can warn you that we're doing shows like this ahead of time if you follow our instagram you would have known we we're covering this before we actually do the episode so um you would have known better and you would not have gotten surprised last minute to see we're covering very happy whatever but um, yeah. Emily tells Matt to cool with the Star Wars talk until you know her dad gets to know him a little bit at first. And uh, this is when we're figuring out this is the first time that Emily's bringing Matt to meet her family for Christmas time.
3: Then then the Star Wars reference is that a? I know you guys all know a lot more about Star Wars than I do. Is that mm-hmm. a like everybody got it right away reference, or yes. is that like a yes? Uh, okay.
4: The yeah, ice Hop planet, is Hop the ice is
0: like, planet. Yeah. yeah, it's the ice planet. It's where the big battle of. Uh, with all the you know ATATS and ATSTs and tow cables. It's also where 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 Luke
1: killed a wampum and slept inside of him.
4: You guys could have probably just stopped at Ice Planet. (laughs) I don't think the other details are gonna help Joe out. Is wampum the right word? No, uh, he's wrong. He He killed a
1: wampum. Wampum. Okay, sorry. No, isn't wampum like
4: a Native American term? It's you. You got wampum points at Foxwoods.
0: The thing that has Luke captured at the beginning is a wampa. That's not what he sleeps in. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, though. the
1: tartar. The tauntaun. Tauntaun.
0: Tauntaun, yep. Tartar. <laughs> I think that's
1: a, a sauce, sauce for fish, for fish bro. if I know correctly. <laughs>
2: the tartar. <laughs> <laughs> this
3: one's going so to be off the rails,
2: boys. Uh, so you're uh, going to brush your teeth, Gordo. <laughs> a little too
0: much Tartar. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I still got taught of That shit is under
4: control. <laughs> so Emily says, you know, my dad said he'd be here at 845 and it's 840. And then you see the sheriff car pull up five. And this is when we meet Don for the first time, played by Dennis Quaid, can who I- seemingly for this role forgot how to act. <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> yeah, <really? laughs> like, he's
2: like slurring drunk at some points, it feels
4: like. He's like, like a too. good actor. I don't know what's going on in this think
0: whole thing. I was drunk. I really do. I think he was too. Get I think to he
3: was me. just actually Randy Quaid jumped into his body <laughs> and like time switched for a month. And he's like, let's
4: film this show. And then Hello, boys. Back I'm back.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> for this whole episode, it was like, and I don't know about the rest of the series, but the whole time it was like Dennis Quaid for this character decided he just wanted to pretend to be Harrison Ford.
1: Yeah.
3: Well I guess that makes all the Star Wars references make sense.
1: Yeah. Now, did you guys enjoy the shot of Dennis Quaid getting out of the, the cop car and he looked up and the way that like the camera shot at him like made it look like, like one of those beauty like, you know Like I a hair know. flip? Yeah, I like a I hair didn't... flip. Like he comes out and he does Like Quaid. I didn't hear
4: like Dreamweaver or anything like that. I know that to you give
3: you a quick me. answer, no, because I did not enjoy anything about this show, <laughs> so it wouldn't even be one shot.
4: But uh, yeah, so when he does get out of the car, he you know gives his daughter a hug, and then he shakes Matt's hand. He's meeting him for the first time, and he asks him about the flight. Matt says, well, "You know, red eyes are tough. Always hard to get that much sleep." And Don shoots back with, "I can sleep anywhere. I trained my body to sleep through airstrikes when I led a uh, platoon in Desert Storm." So right away, like I, again, this was like the first kind of like. It seems very meet the parents to me, but um, because he's very Jack like.
0: It's like the writer had to turn in a script the night before, but put it off and fell asleep watching Meet the Parents. Like, yeah.
3: Also, this is no offense to anybody who served in Desert Storm, but Desert Storm was like a historically short war. So he it was also like forty an- in Desert
2: Storm, <laughs> like- right? Like, it just seems like a
3: weird thing though to be like, oh, this two week invasion. Like I taught myself. It's like it wasn't like if if you made this show take place in 1985 or whatever and you were like in Vietnam you'd be like oh there's like a multi year war like it seems weird to be like I trained myself during this very short period of time
1: 100 day war
4: you know what the what the thing is well the easy way out instead of saying desert storm just say overseas just say overseas leave it big
1: speaking of desert storm I have cards from trading cards from I've seen those
4: yeah Yeah, I I used to get them a lot when I was a kid I think they're like tops cards
1: they're all unopened. I have them.
4: Open them up and enjoy them. I'll tell you right now, they're worthless in the pack too. So like, put them in your yeah. um, put them in your tactical fanny
2: pack.
0: <laughs> Here's my Desert Storm trading cards. Record a, an opening uh, video. Those are popular now.
4: They are. Maybe you'll you know, get
3: a signed a signed Storm and Norman Schwartzkopf. I think those are going for a lot of money on eBay.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got a Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, no.
4: But two shows that we need to put—we need to put both of those shows on the list. You know, I'd hate to add tangents to the tangents, but can you guys sleep on flights? I can't under any Uh, circumstance.
0: I can't. I can sleep on a flight, but I can't sleep in a car. Hmm. Uh, Uh,
4: I've taken red eyes and I can't fall asleep. I fall
2: asleep on red eyes, but usually that's also like pills and booze. I can sleep by the very like definition of sleep. Yes, I fell asleep. But I'm not sleeping for four hours. You know what I mean? I'm sleeping for probably 20 minutes, waking up, maybe falling back asleep. Like, it's an uncomfortable sleep the whole time. I think I told you guys about this once. The first time
3: I ever flew a red eye back home from California, second time I was ever on a plane. I couldn't fall asleep. I took a bunch of Xanax. I had a few drinks. I finally fall asleep with a TV on, just like being in bed, right? It was comfortable. And I woke up, and I had watched, like, Discovery Channel or something. we There's terrestrial TV on the back of the TV. You could like, change the channels. And the TV show that was on was the TV show, Why Planes Crash. <laughs> and I woke up at like four in the morning, somewhere in the flyover states with Why Planes Crash out of my headphones and was like,
4: why would you play this on an airplane? <laughs> How fucking terrifying is that? You know, Joe, your story actually has a good pivot back into the episode because Matt says that he usually takes half an Ambien and drinks red wine when he flies to go to sleep. And that's half when you get the uh, And then John's like, oh, mixing drugs and alcohol. Interesting.
3: So uh, yeah, they set him up immediately to be like a boring narc cop.
4: Yeah, well, it's again, it's just so it's very meet the parents, you know, like that. It's it, just it like feels it's very tough close. to not draw the comparison. They
2: paint right him away. as like conservative without going over the top, at least. Yeah, like
3: well, I mean, even the point though, they're like he doesn't drink, he doesn't. Yeah, like his vice is sugar, I think. Sort of, he likes sweets.
4: Yeah, and there's a couple like little references later. The Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays. He tells us how to vote. Blah blah blah. But.
3: Yeah, he's like Um, a right wing kind of conservative. Yeah, I talk about where uh,
4: weeds legal and stuff like that. The states get mentioned, but uh, yeah. So from there, we have the three or in the you know the squad car, or they're headed to the back of the squad car uh, to put all their stuff away. And Don takes note of Matt's guitar that he brought, and he asks about the band and if they've had any gigs lately. And Matt says like they've had a few, but like they're still paying their dues. And I was wondering if you guys picked up on this a certain way. When he said we're paying our dues, he looked over at Emily, and I couldn't tell if that meant that she's in the band as well or no. I got that vibe, no. and then later
3: on, they are like, Dad, I have a finance job in California, and I, was yeah. like, I
4: assumed they were in a band. Yeah, like the way he said it and no. delivered it, I thought she was part of the band with him, but I then it never really too. came to play later.
1: I didn't get that. I thought no, that he was went- looking at like her for approval, like if that's what he should have said or if he should have lied.
4: Well, I'm glad we're all so split that it was not clear one way or the other. So, well, I guess we won't know. Great
1: writing.
3: Yeah. Also, if you're going to make an impression. So this is the first time he meets his
4: family. First of all,
3: you took a guitar on a flight. That's a pain in the ass. You have to drag drag this thing around, right? And then your goal is to when you're at this family you've never met for their house for 10 full days, you're going to play guitar and sing for them. Nobody requested this. And right. also, I'm somebody who plays guitar, and I play guitar every single day. Like, I feel weird if I don't play for at least 10 minutes. If I was going on a family vacation for 10 days,
4: I wouldn't even think about bringing my guitar. Like, it wouldn't even cross my mind. Do you think maybe, like, to like to justify it, like, the idea would be to have it with him just when he's in his room alone just to pass time? Or do you even think it's that, with the it intent it seems to perform? weird.
0: No, he's just really corny, and I just have this feeling he thinks in his head he's going to sing to the family.
4: (laughs) I would say for sure, we're going to talk about it later, but there is a point where where the guitar comes back out, and it does lend itself to the idea that he wants to perform for people.
3: Yeah, it's really aggravating. They should have just made him a drummer with, like, two sticks hanging out of the back of his pocket, like a Detroit Rock City style. Then you'd know he's a musician. You'd never have to hear him (laughs) He could
2: have brought the whole drum set with him on the plane. (laughs) uh
4: I dropped my snare. (laughs) (laughs) The, the close of this opening scene, by the way, is they're at the uh, when they get to the back seat of the car and uh, Matt says he feels like a perp and like he's going to get in the car and Don grabs the top of his head and like shoves him in like he would as if he actually was.
2: Did anybody else see that? I know it's a couple seconds away, but did anybody else see the hit the brakes smash into the glass thing coming from a mile away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. there's no way they don't do this.
4: Yeah. Right before that, just to get into it, we have, like the intro to the show, which was very brief, just kind of the title of the show. It was like a single graphic with like layered, looks like different layers of wrapping paper. And like I guess Slay it's Bell fine. Yeah. And, and again, I just, you know, to go back to the whole concept of this show, I just feel like you could have just taken, like this whole season's about Christmas, but you could have easily taken that out of the name of the show so you could get away from it season to season. This whole season could be about Christmas, and have, and Christmas can never come up in following seasons. Yeah,
3: they doomed themselves because the next season could be them on vacation in Mexico or something in the middle of the summer, right? Or it, just you, living they, life. Yeah. Like, or just, you know, going to work. He moves, they move to Philly maybe, or they come to visit them in California. Instead, now it's forever a Christmas show, which just yeah. dooms it to be canceled after one season.
4: They knew just what call they were it, putting out. <laughs> yeah. Just call it Meet the Quins.
3: This feels Ooh. like, you know, when you, you see the commercial sometimes for shows that are on like, uh, like the Lifetime Christmas shit movies or like the ABC 25 Days of Christmas, whatever. And it's the most like, it's not really a Christmas movie, but there's one scene where there's a Santa. So they make it that way so that they'll play it during those marathons. This sort of feels like intentional like that, where they were like, well, get the big Christmas market. It's like, Yeah, but that's 11 months out of the year. Nobody wants that.
4: Oh, like Die Hard. Not a Christmas movie.
3: Die Hard 2, though, decidedly a Christmas movie.
4: I thought that was going to actually spawn more debate. It was yeah. pretty silent. I was like ready for it. I know. I was trying to be controversial.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think
4: it's
1: a Christmas movie, but that's just me. Because it's not.
0: There's a difference between a Christmas movie and
3: a movie that takes place at Christmas. Those can right. be mutually exclusive. And uh, this is a great up, movie. Yeah, it's this better
4: than up, this. like recently, like outside of like in one of the group chats. But Bruce Willis himself said it's not. And I'm going to go by that.
0: You're on stage. I think that was a, what a, a one shot? of the roasts. I think it was a
4: roast. Oh, it was yeah. a roast. Okay. I've only well, seen put it a this clip. way:
3: you're you're bored. You're tired. You're hungover. You're whatever. You're flipping through the channels. It is August seventeenth. Die Hard comes on. You watch it. If a Christmas Carol comes on, you change the channel. Like that's what the ultimate. What if it's
0: what if it's a uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Joe? I love Muppet
2: Christmas Carol, but I'm still not watching it. I August. think that's the. I think your wow. first part of the sentence, though, Joe, solidifies it. If you're sitting around in August, Die Hard would come on. A Christmas Carol wouldn't. Yeah, right. You yeah, yeah. they mean? wouldn't just so, play it. Although Netflix, like, speaking of Netflix, they do love pitching Christmas movies at you in the most random
3: times of the year. Like it'll be in the middle money. of the summer, and they'll be like, "Do you want to watch this?" And you're like, "What? Who is
4: watching this right now?" Just take it off the platform until November. Every time we have to cover a show like this, I get so concerned about my algorithm that I wish I just created an extra profile so I could watch the random shit we have to do for this show sometimes.
1: I'm not worried about it because I don't watch Netflix that often. Just whatever you guys make me watch.
3: I mean, to be fair, I used to watch Netflix a lot more, but now they only make shows like this. So I'm like, why the fuck do I even still have Netflix at this point? Yeah.
0: yeah everything mine, good a long left. time ago.
3: I can't think. I mean, they lost The Office. They're putting out shit like this. I'm trying to think of, I mean, no, they do have some pretty decent true crime documentaries, and that's probably what keeps me around.
1: Squid Game was good.
4: My thing was, and I think we may have talked about this before, but my thing with, like, Netflix was, in its early days when it was DVD only, the beauty of Netflix was it was like going to a video store. Everything was there. Now I can't just log into Netflix and be like, oh, I want to watch Billy Madison. There's no guarantee that's going to be there. It's actually most likely not going to be there.
3: Because of Netflix, now Netflix is terrible. Netflix created so much competition that now everybody pulled their stuff out to have exclusive rights. That streaming services are just a pain in the ass because you search through fucking 30 of them looking for the thing you want to watch. And then you end up either renting it or just watching something else.
0: That's why I pirate. Arr.
3: I'm not smart enough to know how to do that. And even if I could, I don't think I could make it play in my TV. So I'm the guy who's like, I'll rent it on iTunes for 4.99. because I was going to say, Joe, actually,
4: <laughs> you more than anybody I know, like, will buy episodes of television and movies digitally. Yeah, if I want to
3: watch something, I mean, I prefer to own a physical copy of anything. But there are certain things where you're like, oh, OK, well, if this only exists to watch here or like TV shows is a big one. I don't like owning TV shows on DVD because it's such a pain in the ass to constantly flip the discs over so like if it's like like i was watching miami vice recently and there's like 79 discs in that miami vice box set and i like gave up around season three where i was like i can't keep getting up in the middle of the night and flipping the discs over if i haven't fallen asleep yet that's the kind of thing that'd be perfect to buy on digital because then it just ticks over right
4: so now the next scene is um all three of them that are in the cop car and it's that like classic front shot like almost the perspective looking into the like front windshield. And we have um, Dom and his daughter up in the front, and Matt's in the back. He says, I feel like a bad boy back here. Ah, oh, dang it, I left my mittens on the plane. I, I can't quite <laughs> grasp if you're supposed to like or hate Matt throughout this whole episode.
2: So I, I do think of the 63 characters on this show, he, he's, so definitely not my, he's definitely not my least favorite. I think he did a pretty decent job with what he was given as far as the writing goes. Having said that, I mean, it was still, I mean... You can only you can only do so much with shit if you've given been given shit. Well, there's right?
3: so many forgettable people though, because there are so many people, and some of them, There was a point where I was like, "Oh, those two are married."
0: And I, was like, I thought oh, wait, the they're not. They just I hang out. I the laws were fuck. a couple.
3: Yeah, it's very confusing. Then they go out of their way to give that one guy. I think Adam Rose might be his name, which I laughed at because of the rest <laughs> of Adam Rose. But he's like, you know, a darker-haired dude with a beard and doesn't look like anybody else. And I was like, why didn't they just cast? more wildly looking, like differently looking people, then you'd have an idea of who they all were. Uh, uh. Is he the, the daughters Instagram just guy? all blended together.
1: Is he the Instagram guy?
3: No, he's the one with the beard.
1: The Instagram guy.
0: What do you mean the lasses? Instagram
1: guy? There's, there's one guy who's- Are you talking in-law... about the,
0: the male in-law? Yes. The
1: male in-law is like an Instagram actor that just sits in a robe on like a green screen and looks at- uh like stupid headlines, like um, like mummy found and unearthed. In, in real
0: life or in this show? Because I miss that if it's in the show. No, in
1: real life. IRL. Okay.
0: He also looks
2: like uh, BJ Novak and Andy Dick had to kid together. <laughs> like,
0: he looks like a ton of different people. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's Instagram But also, names. I'm at a point
3: now where I might not even be knowing who we're talking about because everybody blends together and there's
4: too many people. So I'm like, I don't know who you mean anymore. I lost it. Don asks Emily if she remembers his buddy Ted Bozeman and tells us that he ran into, her, uh, ran into him at church last Sunday and he wanted to chat with her about a job opportunity where um, he works in Philly. And that's when Matt's like, wait, you mean like move back here? And Nick, you mentioned that that was like the he breaks hard and then you got like Matt shoves up against the window. I, very predictable. I think as soon as you see him in the back seat, and you know the glasses there, you know, it's going to happen.
3: We got robbed, too, because I looked ahead to see who Ted Bozeman was going to be on the show, in the cast, and it's Dan uh, Castellaneta from The Simpsons. So we could have gotten Hans Molman in this episode, but instead, we get everybody else that we get. I guess they're
4: just going to have to watch episode two, Joe.
3: I mean, I'll probably just go watch The Simpsons, <laughs> seasons one through 11.
4: She tells him, like, you know, she already has a finance job in L.A., and she's living with the guy that she loves. When you uh, check back to see how Matt's doing, he just goes, bulletproof glass is hard.
3: Uh, I don't want to break free, but Nick sent a message to all of us and he was like, this is how far I've gotten into the show and I'm so mad about how much I hate it. Was that the bulletproof glass part? I'm trying to figure how close
2: in you were. Um, No, they hadn't even gotten in the car yet. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mine was about eight minutes in when I was like, oh, what the fuck?
0: Can we I also discuss as soon as it the, started? Can we discuss the atrocious laugh track for this show? Yeah, it's, it's a, a bad oh, laugh track. Yeah, yeah. So, it's I mean play. I didn't
2: need one either. No, and not because nothing was funny, but it just like it just didn't it would have been fine without it.
4: You know what I think a lot of these shows do, these Netflix shows, is they overdo it with the laugh tracks, and then it it makes it more obvious that they're there. So
3: that it's not actually gonna, funny.
4: If you're going to shoot, like, wild laughter out at a very small joke that would have gotten that kind of laugh in real life, like, it, it's what points it out and makes it more obvious to the viewer.
0: And the, the Ranch was notorious for this, which is another Netflix show. Like, the first episode, it's like, every two seconds is, like, one of those crazy laughter. They look at the camera and shit. It's like, I'm sure we'll cover that eventually, too, but, like, real bad. I like The Ranch. Of course you do. But the ranch was a real
3: sitcom and it had like, you know, a, a regular no amount of people this. in it to understand what was happening. And nobody said Eggy in the ranch. I'm pretty sure the I, egg-y know you're thing? A,
0: I know you're a huge Massiston fan, but you can't say that. Oh, come on, show. dude. You
3: can't say that. He's a curly headed fuck and I'm not a fan of him.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so Tom says, you know, you know, forget that I mentioned it, but you know, just keep this in the back of your head. And this will come back later in the episode. So then the next scene, we're arriving to the front of their house and the three are all walking like towards the front door. Matt takes note of all the Christmas lights that are out uh, that haven't been hung up yet. And Don tells him that they put the lights up today and take them down New Year's Day that it was Emmy's mom's rule that, you know, 10 days and that's it, that this isn't Las Vegas. So we kind of learn a couple things here. It's like first, Dom is a widow and that like Emily and her siblings, mother is no longer with us. And second, this family is insane. <laughs> the amount of work that it takes to do like Christmas decorations, indoor or outdoor, but like the strict ten-day rule, like absolutely not, absolutely not. And that he's doing
3: full like up and down the roof lights. No way, by himself. He plans on doing it by himself, no matter what. No help.
4: Ferg, you actually you go all out for Christmas and Halloween with outdoor decorations. Could you bear the thought of then taking them all down a week and a half later? No, I need at least a full month to justify my hard work and the bill. (laughs) Even with, like, my indoor stuff, like, it's such a process to bring everything up, like, from my basement. We have a lot of stuff that we bring into, like, my living room that, to me, it's like, this isn't just Christmas decorations. It's kind of like winter decorations, as long as (laughs) they go away, you know, as spring's coming. Like, that's fine by me. Like... Listen, my tree's fake. I don't know where you all sit on that debate, and I guess this is the, the proper episode to talk about it, but everything can kind of sit there for for a little while. It's not a big deal.
3: I'm a real tree person, so the tree's got to go before January 1st. It just can't. They just don't last that long wow. if you get them early in December.
4: Who, who
2: here has a real one? Did we? Joe. How much did you pay for yours? I want to say it was sixty-five. Okay, because I just got May, one. You should just
0: went and cut one from your backyard.
2: A hundred and twenty bucks here at Ace Hardware for a fucking Christmas tree.
3: That is wild. Yeah, expensive. It's everywhere I've seen like, up here? It's a seven-footer.
2: It's nice, but like, I don't know. I got to start a Christmas tree farm. I think because I get one hundred and twenty bucks for
4: one. Guys, you buy and you spend a little extra money, you get a solid fakie. And it lasts you Do for you, like wait, 20 years. a little years. extra
2: money. Have you seen the prices on these solid fakies that you're talking about? Because they're $700. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but they last you a really long time. So they fucking you have that better. For you. The, the idea, idea of going out Michaels and getting the tree, like though, to me and bringing it
3: home and then putting it up is all like part of the Christmas spirit. I like going to get the real tree. Getting covered in sap. Not being able I, to get it straight.
4: Yeah. Your the ho- mess. The stress. Yeah. Your house smelling great. forever. <laughs> I like Everything that smell of these,
3: though. If you're gonna have a smell in your house, pine tree is not the worst you have.
0: You can buy that. The it's worst the is same, um when you yeah. get rid of it. Cause we had a fake tree growing up, but um when you get rid of the tree and you vacuum up all the pine needles, your vacuum yeah. will smell like that, but like burnt for like a, at least a half a year. And
3: it's yeah, terrible. yeah. You get that in the summertime.
4: Another compelling
1: argument is because- yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I
3: just To me, it's part of Christmas, but I mean, I get it. They're sticky, they're expensive, they're dangerous, but I love them.
0: Fuck them. Why are they dangerous? Well, they're dangerous
3: if you don't keep them fully watered. My
2: dad's apartment in Brooklyn burnt down completely because of a Christmas tree. There was a train set around it, and it kicked up a spark, and the house was gone. And so I had fake trees growing up my whole life because he was like, nope, (laughs) not going to fucking happen.
1: Yeah, actually, in our lease... Um, it's explicitly stated that we can't have a live Christmas tree. Dude, you should
2: tell your landlord. Like oh, I
3: killed it, though. It's dead. <laughs> 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 you know, like live is no longer. It's not growing it out drove of the spike through it.
4: <laughs> it's not a werewolf. You yours, don't know that. Shoot it in the head just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just pictured Gordon
2: with a shotgun in his living room.
4: <laughs> Get down!
2: The
0: tree just mauls him, though. <laughs> <laughs> mark Maron killed my Christmas tree <laughs> Then
3: we we'll get the check mark for it uh,
1: Why you guys Why does all of the check marks That we get on Twitter include Something either happening to me Or
2: are you doing something
1: Or me doing something
2: I
4: just think we
3: have
1: to I mean, face the
0: reality like <laughs> You suggest like half the shit It's not like we're doing it all the lifetime of precedent, that's why. <laughs> that's a good point. Touche.
4: We find out with this family, like, as per tra- uh, tradition, everyone's going to be coming over the house tonight for, like, the lighting. And Emily says, tradition's Dom's favorite thing, like, right up there with law and order. The show and the thing. Dom <sighs> says, our house lighting, tree trimming, caroling, midnight mass, Christmas brunch, Christmas dinner, a sensible New Year's celebration. The world might change. The Quins never will. And he walks inside. And Emily closes by telling Matt, remember when you asked why I moved across the country? So yeah, tradition, tradition, tradition. Um you you get a very good vibe for who he is, at least, just with uh with these little things here. I
3: was like it's never a good idea to mention another TV show in your TV show because you might just make people want to turn off. Like I was like, Oh, I should turn this off and watch SVU right now. That would have been far more enjoyable. And we were like, what? We've been recording so long. We haven't even gone inside their house yet. This yeah. show is a fucking nightmare.
4: It'll it it's it kind of rolls quick. I know we're very tangenty right now, and we're 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 getting we're a little loose, but I think as we, as we get going, we're going to be steamrolling through a lot of the. There's not a lot of substance in these scenes. That's so the um, thing is, I don't
0: know if it's corny on purpose or not.
4: It's not. Well, I don't yeah, know why I... you think it's meta. You like you you, you brought this up to us privately before.
2: I feel like there's you're, no way you're like the dude who thinks it's a it's a work, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's oh not. Jay, yeah, Jay you never know. thinks it's a fucking. <laughs> he always thinks it's a work. Every I don't know, man. CM Punk might be a long work.
4: <laughs> Nick, enough with wrestling, dude. Get it, <laughs> stop. But um, no, it, this one they did not create this whole show based on like a wink, wink. It would be even more over the top, and I don't think they're over the top here. I just think it's super corny. It's a,
2: it's one of those things too. I feel like if you have to ask that question, you know the answer, and it's not shows really, like this,
4: yeah. like Netflix style show. Like if it was supposed to be so corny, deliberately and like bad that like it was funny, you would. I guarantee you, you would have gotten one look to camera in the episode, and there was no look to camera.
3: Yeah, there would have been some wall breaking.
4: But uh, we do Instead, eventually do a get There's plenty of ball breaking by us having to yeah.
3: watch this fucking garbage. <laughs> hey yo! So,
4: so we get inside the house finally, and Matt tells Emily, you know, before he gets the tour of the house, which he does want. He just wants to get a quick nap in, so he can be like on his a game before he meets the rest of the family, which is obviously I cut off. That. Well, no, it makes sense, and that's uh that's cut off by the sound of an excited yell, and then enters Emily's sister Patsy and her husband Todd, and uh she says, you know, the prodigal sister returns give me some hugs you know come here and how do how would you describe Patsy she's very like super fucking annoying sh-
1: uh uh what do you call yeah. those uncanny valley people like she just doesn't look real like she's very like um she, like, she gives off like,
4: like, like this throwback mom vibe like a 50s mom like trauma. stepford stepford stepford, <laughs> stepford stepford wives stepford wives, <laughs> stepford
1: wives? yeah that's it <laughs> Candy Valley Stepping <laughs> Wives.
4: <laughs>
1: I don't know. She just doesn't seem real. Yeah, the best seems... way you could describe
4: that was by using words that weren't <laughs> real.
2: <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, she's like, she seems like medicated is, I guess, the best way I could put it. Like mother's little helper type of film. Very yeah, throwback.
4: And, you know. I mean, the theme with her the whole episode is she's trying to like replace the role of their mother. But she's, she's very throwback mom, like, you know, leave it to beaver style mom-ish at times. In that very fake, like, world. Um, th- just kind of didn't – even you want a show that was as corny as I felt like she didn't fit in at times because of it. Well,
3: yeah, because it doesn't seem like anybody – because you've never met anybody like that. That's what makes it hard, right? Yeah. Like, in a sitcom, even if you make somebody an exaggerated character, most people know somebody who they can relate to these people – and that's why a lot of these sitcoms work. You're like, oh, that's kind of like a crazier version of Greg at the office or whatever. Nobody I've ever met is anything like this woman.
0: Right. The thing is, with her character, no one else has written like that. So it's like, I feel like this show, each writer was given a different character to write. I'd be
3: fine with it if there was a backstory where she was like, oh, my sister Patsy. Well, when she was seven and she got kicked in the head by the horse, (laughs) everything got a little weird. You'd be like, oh, okay, she's playing a character now. But instead, they just leave it. Like, I need a backstory for this woman.
0: Like little Sandy
4: Sue. She got kicked in. Her eyes went straight. (laughs) Yes. So uh, Patsy says, who's hungry? I'm making eggies like mom used to make. Not as good, obviously. But, you know, not bad if I say so myself. And I do. What the fuck
0: is an eggy? I kept waiting for them to... Explain. I, I don't
4: know. Like, I was going to ask you guys is like eggy an inside family thing or is that a real thing? I think no. it's a
3: special way that the mom made them and she called them eggies to the little kids as they were kids. So now they make them this one, whatever way, which apparently is very salty. We find
4: out. Yeah.
1: As a chef, I have never heard of anybody referring to that as eggies. There is no dish that I am aware it of. It
4: definitely sounds like something you make for the kids because, like, yes. you would talk to your kids that way.
1: In the
3: in both the book and the movie, I, I want to say the book too, but in *A Clockwork Orange*, they call eggs eggy-wags, because there's it's that weird language they sort of speak in *A Clockwork Orange*. But I don't think they're referencing a movie like that. After the family all got, yeah, yeah I don't think the yeah.
4: Quins were all watching uh Clockwork Orange* together. No,
3: I don't think somebody was murdered with a giant ceramic penis right before the eggy were uh, were made. But
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I say hey, maybe maybe that's how they uh, get the in laws. They You know, hold their eyes open and make and program them. (laughs) I think it would. That's how I had to watch this show. Essentially,
4: this is I know I have to watch it. The next scene, we're in the kitchen now. Dom is sitting at the table with Emily and Matt, and tells him about how like last night they arrested this mall Santa. He lost a toe breaking into a Victoria's Secret, and he's talking about Nancy, the nurse at the hospital. Now she said somebody just made his own naughty list. He goes, "She's a hoot," and um. You know it's not a hoot? That joke. Well, you know what's funny was the next thing was, that's when Matt says, well, there'll be Cole in his lace stocking, huh? And he gets like a deadpan silent response. And I thought that wasn't a bad follow-up joke.
3: That's a decent joke, to be fair. That's one of the few jokes.
4: Now you think if you just heard this story in real time and that's like your immediate reply, that's like a pretty quick, sharp joke. But it's
1: already been spoiled by like, seven and a half minutes of me having to watch this show so
3: i wish he said it was in his silk stocking and then instead of this we got to turn it off and just watch a better show like silk stockings (laughs) which i'd much rather be watching than this
0: no you wouldn't (laughs) hey
3: i watched the whole first season of silk stockings and it was as an adult yeah i got the dvd box set when i worked at that place it came in for free one day I gave it to the Goodwill, uh, oh shit, remember when I gave all those DVDs away and they were like, we don't want the porn, and I was like, what porn are you talking about? They probably saw the Silk Stockings box set (laughs) and thought that that was a porno.
1: You had a whole box set of porn. Boner Jam 98. (laughs) Fuck, can we review Boner Jam 98 instead of this? You can.
3: There's gotta be a Silk Stockings (laughs) porn parody, right?
1: Yeah,
4: called Silk Stockings. Yeah, yeah, like you I just mean, have to
3: call it Silk Stockings.
4: I don't think it's a porn parody. So it wasn't popular enough to like...
3: Oh, well, they made a know, parody of everything in the 90s We now.
4: only know what it is because it was on
0: after wrestling. Same thing it's with Lefemme pop- Nikita. It's not popular enough for it to have a porn parody. Yeah. But what if it was
3: only gauged towards wrestling fans?
0: A fictional uh, porn wrestling uh, would have to be before it, and then it would end and go into that for me to well, have seen it.
3: They did make that movie where China kind of goes through all the people dressed as different wrestlers, and then she does the video after she won her award, and the she's holding her like a golden dildo or whatever, and she's like, "See Vince, see Vince, you can't keep me down," <laughs> which is like the greatest moment of just like, "Oh, boy. <laughs> the world." So she did good. China was doing
4: fine. Hey, she was an avenger. Okay, you leave her alone. So then, uh, through the door, we hear, look who's here from Hollyweird and enters Emily's brother, Sean and his wife, Joy, and, um, they're three kids. So Emily jokes to Matt that, um, they're going to, there's going to be like a test on the names later. I think it was Emily or uh, Patsy who said it to him. And Joy walks up and says that her name's, uh, easy. You look at me. What do you see? Joy. And then, <laughs> then yells at her son, uh, Donnie, stop playing with the knives. And Sean says know. to Matt, <laughs> <laughs> scene deleted uh, okay no,
3: i'm not gonna say anything else i'm just gonna say there was something that happened in this scene that was way too real life and i i got a real chuckle out of it that was not this television show's doing
4: good enough so um sean says to matt la boy you a rams fan he goes i don't really like football and then he gets like dirty looks all around he goes uh i love it you know Super Bowls, touchdowns, just all of it. Tom Brady. I mean, he's one of them. I thought that was I, some. I thought that was funny the I way you that, that. Yeah. Uh, what I
3: what then, I thought didn't make sense here though. like being analytical of the show again though is like in walks another couple. Right, so you're adding two people and they're three kids. Was maybe three a bit aggressive with the size of this cast already? It could have been with their one kid. Yeah. Like, this room is filling up with too many people already.
4: Yeah, so I don't know how how they format episode to episode after. Like, I don't know if they kind of branch away a little, or if you're, like, bombarded by the whole family at once at all times. But, yeah, like, the youngest is a baby. Like, you don't need the baby. And the middle child doesn't talk in this episode either. So, like, it wasn't – they didn't really need to have three kids, but –
3: Yeah, they could have one kid, and she could be pregnant, and then if you do a second season you want to add more kids, show her, go for it, and then it gives her something to talk about. But adding another three kids to this, another three just humans into this cast is too many people.
4: Well, in this scene, it's overwhelming, because we're getting everyone in just, like, one kitchen at once. (laughs) Matt asks Emily which way the bathroom is, and everyone just, like, stares at him, and he goes, you know, it's just, it's pee. (laughs) I thought this was funny, actually. That was (laughs) funny, funny, too.
3: That was an okay
4: line. And uh, he leaves, and everyone's staring at Dom now. And Dom's like, he seems nice. Like, it's obviously, like, his approval with the Quinns is very important. If, you know, if Dad isn't okay with something, it's kind of a no-go. But he does add, is he weren't staying in California for, you know, when all the earthquakes and the fires and the Californians. After that, we hear from outside of the kitchen, like, um, like arguing, which we later find out is Alan and Kayla. And then they enter the kitchen, and they're the last of, uh, Kayla's the last of the siblings to show up. And they're arguing about the Christmas card that just got mailed out. And Kayla walks up to Emily and says, oh, sorry, we're late. Somebody – uh someone only started caring about the Christmas cards after I mailed them out this morning. Alan goes, gosh, who could someone be? How do we crack that code? <laughs> I really I liked Alan. I
1: giggled that at that.
4: Yeah.
3: He's in that show, The McCarthy's Jay, that you wanted to cover eventually. That's
4: why I know that show exists because I okay. was like – I was trying to do a follow-up of it because – we don't get much of Alan. Alan's gone pretty soon after we meet him because after Patsy asks uh, Kale and Alan, you want an eggie?" Alan goes, I want a divorce. And- <laughs> I will
3: say the most realistic part of this show, though, is this dude's character. Where, like, he's around this constantly and just boils over. And he's has at to a give breaking up. point. Like, yeah. I believe it.
0: And, and I think. I think it would have been better for the show to just have them be that one couple that just fights the entire time and makes everyone feel awkward.
4: They could have used maybe a little bit of that to make it a little more like, because the the family, the Quins are so unrealistic in a way that like maybe they needed something to ground it.
3: I imagine there's an episode where it's Christmas morning and they're opening gifts. I imagine he opens a gift. He looks up at her and then says, I want a divorce is a funnier way to write him off. But then you still get four or five episodes where they get to fight and you have something
0: a little different going on. Yeah. Yeah. The, I want a divorce because to come maybe episode three or four.
4: It was just so sudden. And like, he says, you know, I'm uh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I know this is not the best way to go about this, but it's not really a good time. And she's like, when you die, that's when you leave till death do us part. And the dog's like standing behind her. He's like death. Alan, not Christmas. Like <laughs> it was funny, but not, not for the reason it was supposed to be, but it was very funny.
3: <laughs> and then, and then though, I'm in a sort of a good mood here too. And then he unclips his gun and then I'm like, okay, so this is starting to get a little more fun here, but they like start going on being a sort of edgy, dark comedy for a second. Like and you start, to start rolling it with it. Yeah, yeah. And then they pull right back out again, like divorce, death joke, unclips his gun holster. And then we never get that type of comedy again. The, the whole episode.
4: Well, and during this whole thing, Matt re-enters the room from the bathroom. He's like, hey, let me guess. killing Allen. It's like, I think I'm ready for that name test now. <laughs> and, like, Emily whispers to well, so him and goes. That's funny, too. That's oh, good times." <laughs> Allen's saying, you know, we fight every day. We haven't had sex in a year. And Kayla's like, I can't believe you're talking about this in front of the m- entire family. And he's like, and that guy. <laughs> and he's like, you know, everything's in front of this family. Everything, like, is either... In front of them or because of them? And as Alan continues, is like when you get that gun thing. And Don tells him, like, you know, if you want to leave, then go. Like, now. And he starts to walk out the back door. And, like, right before he goes through the door, he stops and he turns. And, you know, it was mentioned earlier with the Eggies. He goes, by the way, your mom's Eggies? Always too salty. And I'm like, okay, listen. You just divorced
2: this girl in front of everybody and then insulted their dead mother. (laughs) The (laughs) dead mother. Like,
4: Wasn't that a little too much? Like, okay, I get being frustrated. I get you want out. But do you have to, like, make fun of their dead mother, like, on the way out the door?
1: No, it was just making fun of her cooking. I support. I support the nuke. Not the time. Not the time. My assumption
4: was
3: was he was just scrambling for something to say on the way out.
4: (laughs) Uh, I'll also say, like, to go back. The that I joke That's kind of over easy. The, uh, that, uh, I was walking that that eggshells around egg. you, Gordo. <laughs> no more egg puns. Hard-boiled. <laughs> 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 Can you guys all calm down with the yolks? All right, Jay,
3: enough. <laughs> everything yeah, we on, just Jay. did was funnier than everything we just reviewed.
4: All right, well, Jay, I want to say. Stop being
1: an eggs benedict, all right, and just keep this... You so, should have stopped in, the first And then, then one. you
0: ruined it.
4: What I like is... Gordo <laughs> did we, did we made, not see that And though? We all knew where the end for that was going. No, right. that's the best it, part. There was no end. Gordo had a beginning to the joke, and it trailed off without the sentence finishing because he had nothing left to say. I had faith in him, but it has egg on my face. He said, Jay, don't be an eggs benedict or... it uh, just stop talking.
3: Were you going for a Benedict <laughs> Arnold say, well, Trader joke?
4: Yes, I was. Is that where
3: the direction was going? Okay, I see where you were going at
4: least. I want to go back to the divorce thing. I know they're trying to just establish the the whole character of Kayla being on her own now, and that's going to be a big plot thing throughout the season, I assume. And by the way, Kayla played by like Ashley Tinsdale, one of the more famous people on this show. Just, I just thought that whole, I want a divorce right in front of the family as soon as they walk in, not in the car, like not the next day. It just didn't make sense, but like, I get it. But how good would
0: it have been if that was just his character? Like, every time something come up, he's like, kill me, or I want a divorce, and they just ignore him. Yeah, like, and I just, liked... like, the whole time, like...
4: I liked his character. Like, I thought he would be good for the show. And, like, Joe mentioned, I brought up to you guys earlier that show, The, um, the McCarthys, because I was looking him up. I'm like, oh, well, what else has this guy done? Because I thought he was funny in, like, the very limited role he had on the show. So I mean, I, I will say, don't be surprised if you see us covering that in the future because I'd like to see more of this dude. But um, yeah,
3: I'm pro seeing him do something else. I mean, again, we, we wrote a few scenes that we thought would be better for this already. Maybe Netflix will give them a second season, or we can do a reboot
4: for them. Maybe Netflix should
1: just be cons- paying us a consultant fee.
4: We just shit yeah. on everything they do. They don't. Well, they don't good. want Somebody it to be better. Has to.
1: Somebody can't be a yes man to, to, Which, to Mr. Th- Netflix. I don't even know who's the CEO of Netflix, but fuck uh, you.
0: Greg Netflix.
4: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Greg, Greg Netflix. Netflix. Greg Netflix. is a great. We're not
1: syncopats.
4: The thing with these shows, and we've talked about it, is they don't care. The, like It's not that we have better insight than any other test group would have had. They don't test them. They They make the concept. They create the entire season, and they release it. So there's no feedback. Just so there's no, here no pilots it.
3: Yeah. in the world of Netflix. They just go straight to series.
1: No, but somebody in the writer's room came, wasn't like, you mean to tell me someone was like, oh, this right here.
4: There's no incentive. Go. It's just like, just make it. Just make it. Get your check and get out. You know, okay. that's gotta be the case because the guy who created it, who's in the writer's room, wrote a
3: lot of really great stuff and is still writing good TV as we speak. Like there are n- new episodes of his show on the air every week that are very funny. So this is a weird outlier that makes me feel like he just either he was like a huge Dennis Quaid fan and just wanted to work with him. So he took on the project or he just needed a new house. Like that's gotta be what this was.
4: I bet Netflix has like their hands in it a lot. And they have a lot of opinions as to what they want in the show and like a certain. Beats that they have to hit, like, we want this, 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 and this. It has to look like this. It has to sound like this. This is what we want. Make it. And then they, okay. And they just do the job, and it is what it is.
3: What's weird is that Netflix isn't, like, a Lifetime or a Disney or one of these channels that has to keep things sort of really PG. Like, they'll make really outrageous stuff, really dark stuff, really violent stuff. They'll even make dark, violent Christmas stuff or holiday stuff, right? So it's just they have this weird lane that must do really well with certain people. Again, the shows don't get picked up for second seasons, but like, I would be really interested to see how many streams did this and Country Comfort and Big Show Show get initially, right? Like, to make it worth it, because they keep making shows very similar to this that follow in a very similar path. Is it being, it might even be like a European or a different country market thing where they're able to sell these shows on the bigger actor. Well, they're also in else. charge
4: of their own, like, control so it's tough because you can mess up your own research in that you create a show like this and you put it on everybody's home screen for weeks on end like right up front so everyone sees it right away where a lot of good content that exists on Netflix gets like buried and never really promoted on it and you have to like go look for it like there's a lot of like comedian specials that I know are on Netflix have to go find when they come out they don't put them right on the home screen so when they make their own thing they're so proud of it they're like here you go everybody watch Country Comfort and then everyone clicks on it, so, like, they go, oh, look how many people watched it. It doesn't mean they liked it, just they clicked on it.
3: I think, too, though, that goes to what I was just saying about how weird it is that they're so diversified. Because you could go into your Netflix home screen, it's like, dung dung or whatever, and you pop in, and it's like, I'm home for Christmas, Dad! And you're like, I don't want to watch that. And you scroll down to the next Netflix original, it's like, the bed was full of nipples. And you're like, holy shit! <laughs> because everything just starts playing, and, like, that, those are their two lanes, it seems, right? It's like super hardcore true crime documentaries that are like nine episodes long or shows like this and you get both as like streaming new this month right next to each other which is fucking crazy
4: it's also one of those like when we talk about the writers and like why are they creating this they've done better things it's kind of like with a tattoo artist right you can go to the best tattoo artist but if you give them a picture and say i want this they're like okay like I I can give you that. Like I can do better, but this is specifically what you want. This is what I'm going to give you.
3: I think that's a great thing, yeah. Because like even if you have a tattoo, like I feel like everybody here goes to a tattoo artist and they specialize in things and whatever. But sometimes you just want something like even words, right? Like you're going to like a really great artist and being like, "Can you draw this thing on me?" And type and like, "I guess, yeah." Like I'm proficient, I can do that, but like it's not what I do.
4: Yeah, and I feel like there's probably a big element of that that happens here. So after alan leaves kayla's like no wonder why i didn't want the cards to go out happy holidays from kayla and alan it was a lie and don's originally like his first response is you put happy holidays not merry christmas and um (laughs) the the family's all heading to the living room and they're trying to console kayla and she like grabs a photo of her mom and apologizes to her like imagine a quinn getting divorced and like i don't know if it's maybe my distorted view of family but like When I see, like, this ultra-togetherness, like, the group hugs and everything like that, it just doesn't feel, like, real to me. Because, like, that's just not my experience in family. But I don't know if that's just my perspective. Like, I I don't know. And that's why I think it's satire. But I think there are some families that are super, super close. Like...
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean... I mean,
4: close,
3: like, get along and are very... Like, I talk to my family all the time, right? Like, I'm very close with them. But we don't... Group hug or anything, you know what I mean? Like Maybe it's fine start. to go a long time without seeing them, but we still talk. Like we're, I'd say we're close. You know what I mean? Like I can't think of anybody we know or grew up with who had like a crazy touchy feely household like that. Yeah,
4: but like, for like, Full House is like like that with their family, but it's not satire.
0: Yeah, but I feel like this is parodying a, like a Full House or another like sitcom style. See, I, don't think like it's it. I don't think it's parodying. I think parody. it's taking
4: notes from and not uh, executing it the same way.
3: But the problem is, instead of doing it like Full House that was good, they do it like Fuller House, which
1: was bad. I love Fuller House. You stopped Wasn't that. that also a Netflix special? It that is. That was Netflix, too. That yeah. was
4: a Netflix original, Look, technically. So. With Fuller House, you're
3: letting your nostalgia bone get too tickled. No, it's I fun to see everybody together playing it. those characters. It wasn't good, though. it
4: will cover those, because I feel like it has the advantage of a slightly different name, so we can cover that as a different thing after we do Full House. And also, yeah, like, Aunt overall. Becky's
3: in prison. Candace Cameron Bure is, like, a religious psycho. Like, we all know about Alanis Morissette. Like, everybody in this is, uh, in that show, just most of them turned out to be, like, everybody but John Stamos and Bob Saget, Saget. turned out to be fucking total weirdos. R.
0: Don't try to say Bob Saget wasn't a fucking total weirdo. I don't just think he, was, he a weirdo. was. Like, his comedy. He was I mean, pretty normal. I don't normal think he was a good comedian. I just think he was a normal person. Oh, man. Danny Tanner was a normal person. Bob Saget was nothing like that.
1: No, I mean uh, he had to uh, be somewhat fucked up
4: to come up with the Dude. He jokes sucked dick he for did. Coke.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, to be
4: fair, no, Bob Saget
3: also directed one of the greatest movies of all time, Dirty Work. Dirty Work,
4: yeah. Yeah. Anyways, meanwhile, during this whole scene, Matt notices the two other remaining like in uh in laws. Well, late you're jumping the gun by many a minute at this point. Can I can we No. No. Can- <laughs> And uh, so he kind of, like, sneaks out to leave and join them outside. And when he gets out there, he sees them dumping a carton of eggnog onto the lawn. And as we find out, they were, like, pouring one out in remembrance of Alan, which at I first they not. I thought
0: they were a couple. Like, and, I know too. they were introduced earlier as, like... It's confusing. Things, but at this point, I'm still, like, confused meeting all these characters. I thought they were a couple.
4: Yeah, like, and I And then guess, they're guess, drinking like, in
3: a bar. Like, it looks like they're on a date later on.
4: Well, no, that's all explained here, though. It's just I think when you look at appearances, though, how quickly everything's happening in the beginning, like it's just you got bombarded with all those characters. So it's tough to, like, get your head around it. And they didn't even really want to admit that that's what they were doing at first because they're trying to, like, isolate themselves as, like, the the in-laws, like, officially. But Matt announces to them that he's planning to propose to Emily, like, while they're there for the week. And so that's kind of when they start letting him in, because it looks like he's going to be sticking around. Oh, he's going to be sticking around. All right. What?
3: (laughs) Just didn't want to sell anything.
4: So then you get the, like, we need to tell him. It's like, no, we can't trust him. He needs to know. And he's like, obviously, I can hear you because they're sidebarring from, like, a a foot away. (laughs) I like that, too. (laughs) And uh, they're they're both good, I thought. And um, they tell him that. Again, they have good chemistry with each other. They they actually probably should be a couple. Well, no, it makes sense because, like, the way they talk about it, in, like, it's what they say here. Because they say, like, you know, Emily's great and you should get married, just do it far away from here. And they're, because they're saying, like, how, like, the Quins are all great individually. But when they're together, they're a lot and they're, like, a G rated cult, as they call them. Everything has to be the Quinn way. So, but when they're separated, I'm sure, like, when Todd is alone with, with, you know, his wife or Joy's away with her husband. Like they're not, they they act a little more normal. Like, cause w- like what they said here, like the Quins, you know, they all do what Don says, and it's like how to spend your money, how to vote, where to vacation, what kind of soda to drink, and they Pepsi. say you know like Pepsi, I, I and um, you, you know, Matt replied later by saying like, hey, listen, like that's not who Emily is. You know, she drinks alcohol. She she you know drinks Coca Cola. She she doesn't fall into this. And like we'll wait until. You know she's here with them for an extended amount of time, but uh, yeah, Ferg. I know you're a Pepsi guy. Um, I I don't know if we ever talked about it before. Pepsi versus Coke. I grew up in a I Coke cool household times it. actually.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think we I have- honestly think it just derives from whatever your parents bought when you were little.
4: It has to be. It, it's 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 definitely like a a you know a nurture thing. Like it's you just nature nurture like uh, what does your drink taste fall into that
3: i always say i like them both because i think both are good for different things like i used to love uh pepsi and goldfish and coke and cheez-its
4: no that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me no coke is better period pepsi i mean again that's opinion though you Uh, can't
3: make a definitive statement on an opinion Uh, but i think it's just soda there's good i mean there's bad cola flavors out there but like to go i really like rc
4: yeah. No, yeah. I never liked it. I mean, I'd buy a
3: soda. <laughs> you can buy 12 packs of it now at the Dollar General in New Hampshire. So I'm stocked up.
4: It had like a weird sweetness to it, if I remember that. I didn't like. It's a little sweet. But um, to go back to what Ferg said, like, you know, you guys always get on me for liking Moxie, but it's the same thing. I grew up in a house where my dad drank Moxie, my grandfather drank Moxie. So it was always in my house. So at an early age, like that was soda. That's what soda tasted like because I was what you know was in the, in the fridge when I opened it. So.
3: It's you know, everywhere I'll, up here. I
4: legitimately like it, but I'm so used to it. Oh yeah, you live in Moxie country now.
3: Yeah, you like can't turn around without finding like bottles of Moxie everywhere. Because I want
4: to say Lisbon, Maine is where it originated. I think so yeah. Yeah. And um this is here where they also talk about like them as the in laws, like they've always had kind of like a secret meeting place, which is a bar called Autos, and that's where they talk stuff out. Like you see them at the bar later, and Alan was part of that crew, which is why they, you know, poured one out for him, because now they're down one. Matt could potentially be joining the crew. So I guess that's why they're opening up to him now, now that he, you know, lets them know their intent,
1: but he's still going to be living in LA,
3: right? He can't ever get that close. Cause he's still going to live 2000 miles away from Philadelphia. But Unless that's insane. It's like,
4: Yeah. The dad could, you know, that could be the, the end all be all. Like it could end up that she wants to live with the rest of her family again. And he has to make that sacrifice to live nearby. Now they
0: are all this, this super close family. Like, what was the blow-off that made her snap and move across the country? Like, I, I'd be more interested in that, which finally yeah. drove her away.
3: She was at somebody's house one day and was like, oh, do you have any Pepsi? And like, no, we have Coke. And she was like, oh, my God. My God. I definitely- feel like,
4: I mean, it could have been anything, because they don't touch on it at all during this episode. But, like, I, maybe school? No. Super serious
1: uh, answer? Probably the mother. The mother was probably like, you know, honey, go fly your wings and you can go out to California. And now that she's dead, the dad's like, nope, you must stay here.
3: Or Also, Philadelphia is a big city, but she has a finance degree and works at a big finance job. There's probably way more options for well-paying finance jobs in Los Angeles than Philadelphia.
0: I just think with the established closeness of the family, she wouldn't have left without some kind of a major event. Yeah, her mom died. So maybe Gordo's right about it it being something to do with the mother, but I think if it was the mother, it wouldn't have been just her that left. All the kids would have left.
1: No, I think maybe she was probably the most free-spirited, but- She's the only one who wasn't married. Yep, she's the only one that wasn't married. She was tied down. Um, She wanted to
3: go find herself a cool musician out in Los Angeles.
1: And the mother was probably like, you know, I want you to do that. You probably don't touch on that until like episode five,
4: and we never even really established how long she's been gone for either, right? The mother, three years no, 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 um, Emily, oh no, we don't,
2: yeah, I don't think you find out how I long I feel she's like been they gone. did say it at one point. I can't remember I mean she's the... been gone
0: long enough to fall in love in a relationship where the guy's ready to propose, considering I mean, this is a Christmas movie, it could it be three days have taken that yeah, yeah
1: so
3: they could have be... met at the like department store <laughs> like two hours earlier.
0: They grab the, the same, like, Christmas ball. Like, oh. Can't see the and, line, can you, Russ?
1: And then she grabbed another Christmas ball. Oh. So, yeah, the
4: next scene, uh, Matt and Emily are in Emily's old childhood room. Uh, and that's, I guess, where they're planning to stay for the next ten days.
3: And it is it, littered with no-doubt posters.
4: Yeah. As it, it makes sense, you know. Right, but four? Like, if you're like, no-doubt's
3: my favorite band, I've got a poster. Like, but four no-doubt posters? It seemed excessive she, to me,
4: Joe. She's I, I just mean, a I like. <laughs> we talked about like the posters we grew up in our room, and I think in a past episode. But uh, I like to diversify; like I wouldn't want too much of the same thing. But I guess everybody's different.
0: I mean, I only had one Limp Biscuit poster,
4: and that's Limp Biscuit. Didn't you? You had that Baywatch poster too.
0: I did. I had Pamela Anderson at the end of my bed. <laughs> watching. Is the rebooting Baywatch now? There's no way it'll be good.
3: But not Baywatch Nights, the good Baywatch where Hasselhoff's, like, the nighttime detective.
0: Is is Hasselhoff on the new show?
3: Oh, I don't know. I hope not, because, like, that just gets weird, you know? Like, how long are you going to have him be on there?
0: I feel like they could easily get him, and he'd do it.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm sure he'll do it. I mean, he'll probably do one of those things where he's, like, in the first episode or something. You know what I mean?
4: In any event, they're in the, they're in the room, and they get into, like, a little bit of dialogue, just kind of reflecting on that stage so far, and, and it results in a little bit of kissing. And while that's happening... Uh, Kayla shows up and she goes, Oh, look, the lovebirds. And, you know, they ask her how she's feeling. She says, Sad, angry, confused, a little hungry. And Matt says, Well, how about a little food for the soul? And he takes his guitar out. And that's when, like, he asks if there's any requests. And she goes, uh, Yeah, how about Not Now by You? <laughs> and God, I did um, enjoy. And yes, and um, there are, I, I looked it up. There's a couple of songs called Not Now. blink 82 has one, although I'm not familiar with it. Young Boy. Joe, I'm sure you're more familiar with that one. What is and a young then, boy? Uh, I, I, you're a big fan of the rap. Oh, right. And, um, and then, um, but the only other one, technically not exactly the same, but a song that I actually really, really like, No Not Now by Hot Hot Heat. Phenomenal song, but uh, I digress. Is it on Elevator? Y- the first track on Elevator, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> At this point, though, when he pulls out the guitar and he, and he says that, again, it was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to like this guy. That's That's... mama's guitar. Well,
3: that's You're not supposed to like like... anybody who tries to solve a situation by pulling out a guitar. It's an immediately unlikable trait.
4: Because, like, obviously I know they weren't purposely, or maybe they were without saying it. But, you know, right off the bat, I said this is a lot like Meet the Parents. In in the actual Meet the Parents, you feel for Ben Stiller's character the whole time, right? Because he's like, you can sympathize for him, you kind of relate to him, and you go along that way. But, like, with Matt, I'm not, like, he's not somebody I'm rooting for necessarily the whole time because he's kind of annoying throughout the episode. Too many characters.
3: I think one of the big things that makes him more relatable and more, I mean, there's a lot of things, but one of the things I really enjoyed about Meet the Parents is there's this, that weird subplot that he's trying to quit smoking so that he's also on edge more than he normally would be the whole time, which also causes, like, issues, right? Like, sneaks on the roof to go smoke and, like, lights a fire or whatever. I feel like this guy is just trying, like, he would be more aggravated. Like, you need something like that. Like, Meet the Parents works because you already have this, he's, like, predisposed to being fucking, like, crazy from being in the middle of quitting smoking.
4: There's just not, like, there's not enough, like, layers to the character here.
3: He's just a fucking dumb dick dildo who pulls a guitar out for no reason, which is so fucking annoying.
4: During this conversation, because this was the room that Emily and Kayla shared together, Um, she offers to kill like, Hey, why don't you stay in here with me tonight? And we'll just have Matt stay in the spare room. And this kind of just results in like a quick joke where it's intended for Matt to leave immediately. He's like, Oh, right now. And like had to, had to go. That was like a whatever. And now the next scene we have Sean and joy and they're in the kitchen with their oldest son, Sean Jr. Who walks in and wants to talk to them. And he sits down and he starts to talk and see, like, this, I thought was like a really weird scene. So he sits down. No sense at all yeah. this made yeah. me lose my mind there's a gay panic scene this is from like 2021 yeah. what is happening i so that's that's and i and i wrote that after too because i felt the same way because he said to them like i i know you've been wondering why i've been all like quiet lately and i've been trying to figure out how to tell you i um i have these feelings in me i tried talking myself out of it feeling this way but you know it's who i am I wanted you to know that I'm, I'm an atheist. And it's like, oh, well, we love you no matter what. Like, you have Sean who's just like panic sweating the entire time, like, so afraid that his son's going to come out. So uncomfortable and so not what you expect. It just didn't of. seem like right for this time. It just didn't feel like it, it made sense in, a, in like a show that was 20 years older, but it didn't work here. It makes sense to it with that family though. I can, I see, I guess a little bit like I could, like if with Dawn, I guess.
1: Poppy. But,
4: but with the, with the answer being what it was and like the dad being so relieved, but with, with the atheism, like for Dawn, that's not any better. So like, I. so like for that reason, it's, it really is just the focus is on the gay thing. And it just seemed, I don't know, really weird approach. Can I was I looking just... up
0: that character's show uh, other stuff because I for a second I thought he was the the guy from uh, She's Out of My League the the one that dates Marnie but it's not him but when I was looking him up I saw he's on a show called Mr. Mom but is it a uh, remake no, no Hulk Hogan that's, that's I mean Michael Keaton yeah. is it Hulk Hogan like Mr. Nanny oh but Mr. I wish it was Michael Keaton movie <laughs> a I was movie. gonna
1: say did anybody else think that it was weird that. I mean, outside of the obvious gay panic, but, like, the drinking of the water. I didn't yeah, like hear it like, like it was booze. The second drink
2: of the water was weird. Like, he was still chugging water like he was nervous after he found out it wasn't that he was gay. He was, like, like trying know. to collecting. Yeah, yeah, he was trying it, to collect It was stupid.
3: <laughs> it was just uncomfortable. I also it's like, too, weird. like, the weird ABC family aspect of this we talked about earlier, too, where it's like, he doesn't believe in God. Yeah. This is a really big deal. It's not a fucking big deal. It's not a plot point.
4: I Well, I well, that's what I wonder, is how much does this come to play in future episodes? Well, clearly, uh, by
3: the I end... I imagine he sep- turns around and believes in God by the end.
2: I'll never know.
4: Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Something's going to happen to him that, like, turns him at some I'll, point. Well, I'll, I'll let I'm you gonna, know. I was going to yeah.
1: say that... At the end of the episode, we realize that we've only been there for 12 hours.
0: We didn't realize. I knew. It's pretty obvious it's only been less than a day. Wink.
4: I'm so confused right now. Gordon, are you trying to tell us a secret? No. Did you
3: know something we don't know?
4: Are you hitting on me? <laughs>
3: are you hitting on Ferg?
4: Is there something in your eye? <laughs> Wait, is. are
3: you trying to tell us that you're an atheist? atheist? <laughs> I
1: am. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, uh... I, I didn't know the appropriate time to tell
4: you. I didn't even finish my eggies yet. I gotta get some water. But uh the next scene we have the three daughters in the kitchen and uh it's a very, very fast scene. Patsy made cookies um and used mom's old cookie cutters. So when she presents the cookies to um the 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 daughters, she goes, Um, Oh, these remind me of mom and like runs off. Uh Kayla. Kayla, I, I forgot her name for a second. And um but she still she was still wanted the cookies. It was one of those, like, oh, I found mom's little cookie cutters. Like, it was, like, this special thing, but they're the most generic cookie shapes. So I was
1: expecting something more extravagant. But that's what I think this whole family is, is, like... No, I get it. It it was just one of those,
4: like, every time... I guess, like, because it's the holidays, and if she makes the cookies the same exact way as their mom, it'll remind her of her. But just, like, you're a few days away from Christmas. There's so many tree shaped cookies everywhere, like I don't think that's the thing that would like string up those types of memories, but
1: No, no, I mean if I was she had a cookie cutter of Biggie Cheese, like that would be
4: What? What is that? Biggie cheese. <laughs> Excited Moving to on. see where
2: this one goes.
4: What no 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 what is Biggie Cheese? He's a rat on
0: our... <laughs> right, a slower? <laughs> He's a he rat. He, he cracked himself up. <laughs> He's a rapping
1: rat on the movie, Barnyard. Big what, e Cheese. The... Biggie Cheese. And he <laughs> sings like a shaggy ripoff song like it wasn't me. <sighs> I will send you the clip. I won't watch it.
4: <laughs> what made you think of that when we were talking about cookies?
1: It's a cookie cutter. It's said cheese. So it, it got me thinking about Biggie Cheese.
4: When did I mention cheese? <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I don't remember <laughs> that
1: either.
0: I could have sworn you said cheese. <laughs> I did not say a word about cheese. Uh, I said trees. Is that what you're oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I don't. So I'm wearing the
1: over the cup he- he thing, so I don't have my hearing aids on. And I did. I missed the distinction between trees and cheese. <laughs>
4: Well, Sorry, guys. Right you along. guys
1: are making fun of me because of my disability.
4: Yes, it's not good. As long as we're clear, <laughs> we are. But I want you to know, it has nothing to do with hearing.
2: <laughs> Biggie trees.
4: Anyways, <laughs> so now we get to a scene where Dawn and Matt are outside, and Dawn's getting like all the de- decorations ready to hang. And it's noted that the angel that goes on the roof is to represent his wife who's looking down at all of them. And I'm I'm mentioning this because it comes into play later on. And he gives Matt a little bit of a rundown about like everything else that's going to be going on later that day. One of those things being that they all have hot cider. And Matt's like desperately trying to get acceptance from Don. So he's like, oh, I love hot cider. People always come up to me like, hey, hot chocolate rules. I'm like, get away, dude. No way. I'm a cider guy. Hot cider for me. Thanks. He's like, there's going to be hot chocolate. She was like, that's also good. Um, I will say, hot cider before. I prefer hot cider over hot chocolate as well. I like cold cider. I don't like hot cider. I love cold cider over hot cider.
3: Same, but I like hot
4: cider over hot chocolate.
3: But sometimes Mm, making like a, especially like a really boozy hot cider on the stove and like
0: there is never a time that I want hot apple juice.
3: Yeah, I don't like cider at all. Apple juice and cider are two very different things. I will say, as somebody who loves hard cider, there's a thin line, though. If you have a cider that tastes anywhere near juice territory, I can't drink it. It has to be, like, bitter and dry.
4: No, like the filtered ones? Like, I want a cloudy, like, if it's an alcoholic cider, it needs to be like like apple cider that you get in, like, a milk jug that's like cloudy that you can't see through if i ever go I to like a, some of the filter
3: ones unfiltered ones too i just can't have one that tastes like too sweet like juice like i don't like angry orchard for example tastes to me like you're drinking yeah, yeah, sugar yeah.
2: if i ever go out to get drinks with jay's brother all he does is drink ciders and he'll put down six seven of those things and i'm like H- how are you not well, hot city your, how are your pants not just full of shit already like <laughs> yeah. Cider, you gotta keep it to like two ciders and switch to something else nuclear bomb to your stomach and i don't know how anybody like For it's me, not like a alcoholic. lactose thing like some people are lactose some people aren't you eat enough fucking apples you're gonna shit yourself doesn't matter who you are and you to gotta be careful you can't drink cider. a 12 pack of cider yeah oh you know? I, I think
4: you take the the alcohol element out of it because i do think that the, like no alcoholic cider is even touches like a real authentic like jug of Apple cider. What was the
2: cider you guys used to drink in your like Harvard Square punk days? Woodchuck. Woodchuck.
3: Was which it? now I can't drink because it's so sweet. Yeah, I, I tried I, the I green remember apple trying again it recently. Oof. Like
2: back then, and I was just like, ew, why is everybody drinking
0: this right now? It's so gross. Yeah, there were Cider's these, super, a hard, there New were New these super hard punks, and they were always drinking fucking out, like, cider and Mike's Hot Lemonade. Yeah. Like. <laughs> It's all, I can't lemonade. even it's imagine. Did
3: they still make Mike's Hard Lemonade? Oh, for yes. sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard with those popular. things now because like, even it's as a pretty... cider drinker, right? Like, I like to get like a four pack, cider usually comes in like a four pack, like fancy beer does. So I like getting a cider four pack on the weekend and beer, right? Cause you can have a couple or whatever, and then you have a few. You're not going to drink them all day. But it used to be like two years ago, you'd have like 25 ciders to choose from. And now all of that shelf space has been taken over by all of the truly drinks. And I feel like yeah. I haven't even seen, like, Mike's Hard Lemonade or anything in a super long time, because all you see now is Hard Seltzer. It's a They're there. Improvement. They just, they,
4: they occupy less space on the shelves because less people buy them. But, like, the variety's still there. It, it exists.
3: I just remember getting crazy, crazy heartburn from Mike's Hard Lemonade when we were kids, right? Because you, like, get that because you're like, oh, it's easy to drink or whatever, but it's so fucking painful.
4: Yeah, those are a lot. It's like, I can't drink, like, those Twisted Teas and stuff, too. They're too sugary for me.
3: Yeah, although Twisted Teas was a good like, I'm not drinking alcohol. Like we used to just go buy like one of those big jugs of like Snapple, like the 32 ounce, and just pour it all out, and then just fill it with like two Twisted Teas at a time, and you just walk around. Same thing with Sparks. When nobody knew what Sparks was at the very beginning, you could just walk around like it was an energy drink. There's like a good yeah. two months there where nobody knew what the fuck it was, and so no one. Because it was
4: really be- it was before that big like the craft beer, like boom. Mm-hmm. So like you know the you know when people thought of beer cans, they thought of like one of five or six different things. So. Right. Anything like that was so different that it, it you know, it wouldn't have flagged your attention.
3: Let alone something bright orange.
4: So, um, all this conversation is like building up to Don realizing that Matt wants to propose to, um, Emily, because Matt kind of starts with that conversation a little bit, and, and he he's kind of quick to jump on it, and he goes, you know, you're the first of my three daughters' suitors to have the guts to do this, and you know, I really appreciate that. Which makes it that much harder to say no. And after like uh, the whole thing with Alan, he says, you know, now I have to be a little bit more selective with who I'm going to let into this family. This cuts to a circle
0: of trust. Yes. Yes, yes, Much like a circle of trust.
4: Yeah. So now that the in-laws are hearing the story for the first time, Todd goes, you know, I didn't ask Don for his permission. And, you know, I lost all his respect, but I avoided his wrath. And there is a lot to be said about that whole term. Like, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is permission.
3: Yeah, There are certain times in life where I, I definitely go by that rule. Where like, just say sorry later on is easier than getting turned down and then having to make a weirder decision.
4: Did you guys do the parental blessing thing? The two of you that are married?
3: I did. Yeah. Kelsey's nope. dad wasn't alive anymore um, at that point. He passed away while we were dating. But I did ask her mom because I thought it was like a the right nice thing. gesture, you know?
4: Gordo, are your in-laws English speaking at all? Yes. Okay, so they're both. They're
1: they're both uh, English speaking. Um, I met her mother before we married. um, And problem is, Gordo isn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's (laughs) the problem. Is I'm not an English speaker. Um, They they definitely were confused uh, when they met me. But no, I did not ask for permission. Is that um, like?
2: I wonder if that's an American thing, though. Would that be expected in other? Um, I don't know. He came up and started
0: talking about a rapping rat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's an English thing. Yeah. And it just kind of migrated
4: here to America.
3: Yeah, I think it's more of an old world European tradition that we sort of took on.
4: I don't know. They're talking to Matt about this and like, Matt's really hell bent on proposing on Christmas. He said it's like the perfect time. And I don't know. I feel like that's too. I don't know. I guess no, no, everyone's I, story is different, right? But I don't think there's a perfect like I have to have it on Christmas. Like
3: I feel like you're taking away part of the day from the rest of your family yeah. at that point when yeah. you're making a big part of it just about you. I feel it's like a little weird and kind of selfish.
1: I think that New Year's is a better day than Christmas. That's just me. Uh, now, especially, especially I proposed
4: with this on this a holiday. You, I was going to ask, did either of you guys propose on a certain holiday or around a special event?
1: I did. uh, It was Valentine's
4: Day where I proposed.
3: Uh, No, I just did in the fall, which is like our favorite time of year. So it was like a time where we could like go out and like have a day outside, you know?
4: And I think, you know, Gordo, to yours, like Valentine's Day is the holiday that gets the past in that you're not taking away from everyone else's day because Valentine's Day every year in perpetuity will still always be about the two of you. So like every holiday, like if you propose on Easter, You know, or get married on Easter. Like every Easter from then on is like not. It's about
3: that. Yeah, yeah, it's
4: about that now. It's not about everything else.
3: Yeah, Valentine's Day is the safe day because everyone's like, oh, that's like the love day. Although people who were like, you know, single will probably hate you more for that. I imagine. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I think there's like uh, that's that was my thought process was that it's um the the safest holiday to do it on. But plus, we were going away. We always go away around uh, Valentine's Day, so. It, it, it's special for us. So that's why I did it.
4: I always feel like trips are tricky. Every time like I'm on like Instagram and I see like friends that are on a trip, like overseas somewhere. And it's like, I'm like waiting for the proposal picture to come up anytime. now, I'm like, well, here they are. They're in, they're in Paris. Right. I guess that's the next post is going to be the, like the handout with the ring on it. I actually but, have uh, a funny
1: story about that. Um, before we went, I, I proposed on the Penny Packer bridge in Austin, Texas. We could overlook the river. And before that, we went to the Texas state house um, just to kind of look around inside. It's pretty building. It's pronounced Texas
3: roadhouse, Gordo. And it's a delicious restaurant. (laughs) God
1: damn it. Um, So my wife goes forward uh, first and I look at the Texas Ranger and I just kind of give him like one of these, like I have a problem. And he's like, what's the matter? And I go, I have to walk through a metal detector and I have a ring I'm going to propose to her. I don't want the thing to go off. She doesn't know I have it. And the guy, smooth as fuck, goes, I got you. I hand him the ring, and he goes the other side, and he he moved it for me. So we she wasn't the wiser. But I think he thought cool. that I was going to propose inside of the texas state house because <laughs> all these people started coming out and watching you us. got I a cowboy
3: anything for you partner
1: <laughs> pretty much he had the big like you know cowboy hat and shit and he was like you got it my man congratulations i'm like well she didn't say yes yet bro but appreciate it Again,
3: like fast forwarding him to the uh, the congressional hearing where it's like, and how did you let the national ring bomber through into the Texas building again, <laughs> sir? It's like
4: he tricked me. He tricked me.
1: Look at yeah, pictures of George George W. Bush.
2: I'm a
4: sucker for love. So uh, to to move it along, the uh, the next scene, Don's on the roof putting up decorations, and Matt climbs up trying to offer his help and tells Don he wants to you know show him that he's a vessel of dependability. And he goes, are you high rock star? Because, you know, I could still bust you for that. This isn't L.A. or Colorado or Maine or Alaska or, good Lord, take less time to tell you all the good states. And um <laughs> Emily and Kayla step out to see Matt on the ladder and, you know, ask him what he's doing up there. And he says that he's trying to help Don out. And I actually, I found it funny because she then yells up, like, to her dad, like, hey, do you want help? And you just hear him go off camera. Sure don't. Uh, I don't know why that popped me, though. He's not high, but he did just come from the bar, and he's on that ladder after drinks. Yeah, he might have had a few drinks.
3: Yeah, that's not a good idea. You get real... After a few drinks, you get the idea that you can do anything, and climbing a ladder should not be one of them.
4: Yes. While she's trying to talk Matt into heading back down, Don now realizes how late it is, and now he actually does need the help. So um, Matt gets to jump up with him. And when he actually gets up there...
0: I don't think it makes sense that he, even though realized the time he'd take the help. I think the better writing would have been, Oh, you're right. I need help. Hey, can you send, uh, what's the son's name? Uh, his, his son, Sean, can you send Sean out and just have him on the ladder. Like, what? I just volunteered
4: to help. Like,
3: or like the yeah. atheist kid,
4: anybody else in the family, like anyone yeah. but him either. Uh, cause even if he asked for the other in law, like Todd or something, that could have worked.
3: Right, not somebody he doesn't know, doesn't trust, and has been drinking. (laughs) Maybe not who you want on the roof with you right now.
4: But yeah. As uh, it gets
3: dark very quickly in this scene.
4: Yeah. It does. Well, he gets up there, and he's, like, very nervous about the height. Even though it's only another, I don't know, one foot higher than where he was already standing on the ladder. And Don's like, I got a bad feeling about this. And Matt's really excited. He's like, oh, that line gets repeated in a lot of Star Wars movies. And then he tries to, you know, further explain if a Don could give a shit. It flashes forward to, like, later in the night, and they're trying to line up the angel on the chimney, and Matt keeps trying to, like, reset it because he doesn't think it looks quite straight enough. He says, like, as an artist, like, it's one of those things that bothers him, but in the process, he puts it on the top of the chimney, which then causes it to catch fire. Once it's noted, he, like, throws it down onto the roof, and he starts stomping on it, (laughs) and Danielle's... Don't stop on her, that's my wife. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's the line that's I laughed me. at the hardest in this entire episode for some reason,
4: and he he dives on it, but by diving on it it causes a staple to go into his head. Matt gets so freaked out that he falls off the roof, which you see from like a from the perspective of in the house because they show all the sisters inside watching the movie and you just see him falling you know past the window but yeah uh, the the whole
0: Jesus in his underwear yeah
4: but the, 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 that's my wife. It was like, that should be, like, emotional, but it's not because it was used in that, like, setting.
3: Yeah, it's also, you said Harrison Ford, that's very get off my plane or something, yeah. right? It seems like an action movie <laughs> yeah. line.
4: I did get a
0: good laugh at the dummy falling off the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt very much
3: like, they used to do that a lot in Meredith Children. Like, people would somehow fall off the roof in Meredith Children all the time. Like, yeah. like Bob Rooney <laughs> would fall off the roof or whatever. So that that made me laugh just because I was like, "Oh, I remember that scene from that other show that was better than this when they did it funnier."
4: And um, from there we get to the hospital, and now Don's with that nurse that he was talking about like at the beginning of the episode, and she's like tending to the wound, and I'm like, "You wouldn't get treated for this like a staple gun staple in the head is like not enough to like you could pull that out and put a a police Officer,
3: veteran of war, he's just gonna pluck that staple out of his head (laughs) and put a bandaid on it. Put it's one like on the other Christmas side, Eve. even it out. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But it's like, I, okay, whatever. It gets them in there. I think that they took the,
1: what's his name? Matt?
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, they take him because he fell awesome. off the roof. Well,
4: so how, that makes is more Matt,
3: sense. how
0: is Matt not more fucked up? He fainted and fell off a roof. It's and fine. fell
3: sideways, too. Like the dummy yeah. falls like like a board. It
4: was a Yeah, you would have thought he would have, like, broken arm or something. And they could have used that later on because he can't play guitar. He tries to play guitar, but he's got the arm brace on. See, hire us, Netflix. Yeah.
1: Or he breaks a middle finger, and it has to always fuck with the conservative father that yeah. he has his middle finger up.
3: See, but this show wouldn't do that, because that would be weirdly, like, in, that'd be too vulgar for them. But instead, they'll have somebody freak out over the thought that their son's going to be gay. Like, it can't pick a lane. It's so weird.
4: So, um, as she's, uh, as the nurse, uh, Nancy, right? As Nancy's tending to, uh, Dawn's wound, she's telling him, like, you know, that he's definitely tougher than that nine-toed Santa that you know he told us about earlier in the episode. And he's like, well, that's a nice thing about getting shot early in your career. Like any other pain is just kind of playing second at this point. And she's like, my son was 10 pounds at birth. Every pain since I'm like, if it ain't a giant baby being yanked out of me, bring it. And then um, that's in like the hospital bed that's like in the same room, but divided by the curtain. And he can hear them because he's in the same room. And you hear Don saying, this kid staples me in the head and he's the one who faints like, I can't believe that this is the one my daughter brings home. So now he wants to defend himself and he runs up and he pulls the curtain back to, like, say something to Don, but when he does, Don's getting like a, a, like a Novocaine shot or something in his head. It's probably a tetanus shot. We've talked about tetanus shots recently. Well, Joe got a tetanus shot a tetanus to defend shot. rabies.
2: And you don't have to get yeah, it I at, like, one. the location. You just get it in your yeah. arm. Yeah, you just get
3: it in your arm still. <laughs> you don't have to shoot it in your head.
4: Yeah. So, uh, he opens the thing yeah, and he sees the shot and he's like, He's like, is that thing sticking in your brain? And, like, faints again. And, like, when he does that, he pulls back, like, the bigger curtain, revealing the whole family who's, like, watching from afar. Nancy goes, he's a bigger pain than a 10-pound baby. So now he, uh we get to the waiting room, which is where the rest of the family is. Kayla's talking to a fish, who she's bonding with since they're both alone. And Sean gets nervous because he sees his son talking to his dad and starts to get, like, nervous that he might be telling him about how he's an atheist. Joy tells him, maybe it's a good thing that someone in the house is like not tiptoeing around your father and that they, you know, maybe we should be proud of him. Sean says, uh, you're crazier than Kayla, who's currently talking to a fish. To round it out, we get Patsy and Todd, who are also there. And when it cuts to them, she starts saying how she's tried everything to be there for Kayla and be like mom, but everything she does just makes everything worse. And maybe she's not cut out for being a mom. Todd tells her, you know, things have been taken longer than expected, but it's going to happen. And when it does, you're going to be a great mom. So, like, we got everybody there. All the kids are in this waiting room. We cut back to Kayla, who's been talking to this fish and now wants to steal it. And she's putting it in a Ziploc bag as she's, like, arms deep into the fish tank.
3: Hospitals have security guards, right? <laughs> like, I don't know why any of this would be allowed to go on.
4: Yeah. And it's like, they- it's one of those things. This This show, at least in this episode... They're in Philly. Like it feels like they're in, like a small nowheresville. village. Yeah, feels like they're town. in
2: like a Texas Idaho town. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, I have but,
0: a they're, but they're feeling they're in the Philly, place. like we're in Boston though. I think they live in the suburbs out of Philly and yeah. it's,
3: it's easier to say. You Philly. say the biggest nearest town, yeah.
1: Like West
0: Philadelphia? Born and raised. Born and raised, yeah.
4: But
1: uh, uh yeah.
3: Get, get, judging by some of the uh conservative feelings of uh Papa Don, I don't think he would live in West Philadelphia.
4: Yeah, going back and recapping that, it was a lot of descriptive stuff at this point, but, you know, there's a lot happening in this very little spot here because we're they're kind of giving us all the story points at once, like rapid fire, just within this waiting room scene. Sean Jr. heads over after talking to his grandfather. You know, Sean nervously asked, you know, what were you guys talking about in there? Sean Jr. says, like, you know, I was going to tell him, but I couldn't do it. When, you know, when I asked him how he was doing, He said he knew he'd be fine because Grammy Margaret was up in heaven watching over all of us. And he's like, I just couldn't do it to the guy. Cool. And, like, it makes you like the
3: kid a little, right? Because you're like, the kid appreciates it. Also, like, that's not a conversation you need to be in. Like, Also, a little kind of a shithead move on the kid. Like, just go to church on Christmas, whether you believe in God or not. I got dragged to church plenty of times not believing in God for family stuff. That'd be like saying I'm not going to a funeral. At a church because I don't believe in God. Like you just suck it up for a wedding. You just go and you just can deal with it.
4: How old is this kid? Like he's pretty young. I was going to say like so he might not 12, understand maybe? like the, the importance to the family at that point and
1: he doesn't in his get head, a, He doesn't get a choice.
4: Probably at that age, no. And it's like because he's like, well, it's not a big deal if I don't go, right? And it's not a big deal, but I, don't know, I guess it's complicated, right? Technically, it's not a big deal. If, If he doesn't go. But if it means that much to your grandfather, then you just you tough it out and you go.
3: Right, you just do it. It's a family thing. You just go and you don't make waves.
0: Yeah, but you explain that to the kid. You don't just like... The mother's just like, I don't think you need to go. Oh, it's good. Yeah,
3: the mom just had an easy conversation. She
0: should have said, you can believe whatever you want. We accept you. But you have to go for your grandfather. End of story. Right, and the kid would have been like, okay, makes sense.
4: So, yeah, so now we cut to the... um inside uh where matt's having a juice box in bed and don walks up to him and says like you know i see what you're trying to do you're fighting for emmy i'm just trying to do the same thing he's like hey so we have loving emmy in common that's something right and he's like uh in that it makes us opponents <laughs> and nancy walks in and tells matt like you're clear to go but don your heart rate's a little bit elevated so you need to stay a little bit longer and don's like well there's worse things you know because he's got to be around her a little bit, you know, and they give like a flirty laugh, and she walks off, and Matt's like, "Uh oh, you like her," and he's like, "Who, Nancy? No, uh, I I like her as someone that I work with, but I don't like like her, like her. I mean, but even if I did, it's only been three years since my wife died, and uh, again, I, I don't like her. And and why am I explaining myself to you? Get out of here. They fucking uh, middle school, though. That- <laughs> well I think that's I think that was actually to give this uh show any credit for anything I actually thought that was okay because he he plays such a strict way um the entire episode that him being nervous about liking the girl I thought was actually a nice character break from him and give him like a little bit of an extra layer there
3: we brought a full house earlier too and this is a big plot point that happens a lot in full house too at like around this mark right when danny starts dating again it's like three years ish and it's like I mean, it's done better there, but I don't know. That seems to be like, I don't know, a time frame people maybe wrestle with.
4: As the two are now walking into the waiting area where everybody's at, they're surprised to see that, like, they did a makeshift lighting in the hospital. And, you know, Todd hands a hot cider to Don. And, you know, Don tells everyone in the family, I bet mom's looking down smiling right now. Um, I know, like, it was like last minute, though, like, where Nancy says, you know, I think I need to keep you here a little bit longer to check your heart rate, but couldn't they have all just did all the lights at home and surprise them with a lighting at home when yeah, you got back?
2: They could I have. I think
3: it's the timing. Like he has it at a certain time because yeah. of the tradition and it has to be like the strict thing they talked about at yeah. the beginning.
4: It just I don't felt know like why the, church, oh,
3: uh, the hospital let them do this, but
4: yeah, that too. Yeah. Me or too. where they got the lights or yeah. cider. Like cider. You, oh, there's a lot hot cider
0: at a hospital? And whose mugs did they steal? Yeah. yeah like, they went into milk? a break
3: room and just took a bunch of fucking mugs?
0: They went home they just, and got their lights, so they probably brought their own mugs.
4: You think they just microwaved all that free apple juice? There's always, like, free apple juice in hospitals. Do you think There's, the hospital just has lights lying around, <laughs> Well, I sometimes, imagine they
0: have
3: them up because it's Christmas, and maybe they went and go stole them from, like, the kid ward or something. And make them Yeah, sometimes first they decorate people. the desks
4: and stuff, or, like, yeah, the reception desk might have, like, a, a couple strands of lights on it you know, Matt walks over to the in-laws and he's like, you guys did all this for them? It's like, well, you know, th- this family could be a lot of pain in the butts, but, you know, there are pains in the butt. And then somehow, in like the next sentence, they still manage to say like pain in the butt like three more times. I don't know. They really Very thought that weird. was funny. And then uh, Emily shows up and Matt and her are talking. And soon after Don walks up to the two of them while they're kissing, Emily notes that, you know, her father and boyfriend have matching hospital bracelets. And Matt, you know, still really trying to connect with his guys like bracelet buddies. Don's like, don't worry on it. Don I tells his daughter funny. that was okay. I thought the bracelet buddies thing was funny. Don okay. tells his daughter, uh, you know, what would really make this all perfect is if, you know, you would talk to Ted Bozeman. Uh, if you remember from before, he's the finance guy, you know, has a job lined up for. Her. And he asked, you know, can you do it as a favor for someone who just got a staple gun in the head? And she agrees, but under the promise that, you know, he stops bugging her about it. And he's obviously happy he got his way. So he kind of gleefully walks off singing. You know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. She assures Matt, like, don't worry, it's just a meeting. Like, um, you know, I'm just doing it to get my dad off my back and not to worry. And walks off. And that's when Todd and Joy, the in-laws, show back up. and Like, oh, you very much need to worry about this because Don always gets his way. The Quinn way. While they're saying that, you get this little um, cut where you see Dawn and Nancy, the nurse, kind of exchanging looks from across the room. Just kind of to reassure you that these two definitely like each other and like that this is going to come into play. I don't know how long they're going to prolong it, but obviously these two are going to get together.
1: They're going to bump nasties.
4: Okay. Yeah, sure.
3: Well, as long as unless he finds out that she's an atheist. I'd love that plot twist.
4: That's uh. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, I think like, oh, actually was- I'm an atheist and I'm Jewish and he's like why I ought to <laughs> <laughs> leave the whole place
4: because of the you know the two of them I you know setting up Matt telling the other two in-laws you know if there was a way that we could get Don to loosen up a little bit you know like that'd be great for everybody you know the Quins and the Quinlaws and uh, Todd's like oh that's good he's good so because um, I think he referred to them as like the outlaw in-laws before so uh, yeah the Quin-laws, a little wordy a little bit better yeah. And now it cuts over to Don on the phone, who's saying he's like, well, he picks up the phone and he's doing the I'm on a phone call TV thing. It's like uh, he leaves a voicemail. He's like, Hey, Ted, Emily's agreed to meet with you. Now, all you have to do is just make her a job offer that she can't refuse and you will have paid me back for not arresting you for being drunk and disorderly and attempting to intoxicate a police horse. Yeah, that was a heck of a Thanksgiving night you had there, Ted. And uh, a far... You see uh Matt kinda looking over at Dawn and kinda raising his glass to him and uh Dawn raises one back. So as this concludes now we're seeing that the master plan is still in play for you know Dawn to get Emily back home. I don't know if it's really a slight on uh Matt necessarily, but he wants his daughter back. And I don't know if maybe if the promise of Matt coming back was part of the deal, he wouldn't hate him so much. But I, I really get the vibe that ultimately he just wants his daughter home. Yeah, I don't get the feeling that he
3: would be mad at Matt for being there. I think he'd be fine with Matt if Matt was a Philly guy now.
4: Yeah, but he looks at Matt as the one taking his daughter away from him.
1: Keeping her in Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird plot point there. That's a weird, dark plot point. I think
4: it's one of the more normal, like, things that make sense to me out of everything that happens here. It's like, he wants his daughter home, so he's trying to
1: Blackmail someone? Blackmail a CEO to- uh, Give yeah. someone a job. I
4: mean, a favor for favor.
1: Blackmailing. I mean,
3: also, police corruption.
1: Right, right. Like this is all very dark, and it's I all will say, to get the daughter to come back home. Like, so you didn't arrest him at Thanksgiving over a month ago with this plan in your head. Like, and he was well, also
3: endangering an animal. So, like, drug disorderly, trying to fuck with a horse. He doesn't arrest him so that he can blackmail him later. To try to convince his daughter to move home. That's a little dark. He's gonna kick off the force, and it's gonna be amazing.
4: He didn't. See, he definitely didn't seem like the type of cop that would do anything like this. But I guess, uh, yeah, I guess. Look, so it, it took me off a bit seeing how that character has been developed the whole episode. But yeah, you know, going until you mentioned that it was a month before, I guess I never put in perspective that like Thanksgiving just happened. So I was thinking, like, it was a different Thanksgiving. Like, maybe it could have been years in the past he's been holding on to this favor. But now that you say it, and I'm thinking, like, maybe when this guy did get in trouble, immediately the light bulb hit. And the only reason he didn't arrest him in the moment was knowing that he might be able to leverage this to get his daughter back. I guess I didn't really pick up on that at the time. It's
1: just a weird character turn. Like, it's almost like he be he, like. Flipped a switch bro. and then like became a different character and then like fit back in. He's a I family
0: guy. That's his daughter. It's his baby girl. It's right up to par with how he's been. It's just sketchy, but it's up to par with the character so far.
3: The I tactics are like breaking wholesome. the law, though. Yeah, breaking the that, law seems outside of his character.
4: That's the one thing that surprised me. But everything else, like because he's so family first, I I get it because it's all about the Quinn way. You know, like that's. Family before everything else. So that's all. his only goal is to get his daughter back at this point. Yeah, guys, that's the whole episode. I don't really know if there's much else to say about it. So um, I think we need to move right along. This, we've gone on for quite a bit talking about this. So we'll do the green light or cancel. Ferg, I'm going to start with you. Green light.
0: I like the show. Um, I You, you were teasing it the on time. it a lot. I really do think it's satirical. I know I'm alone. It's there. definitely not. I think you're wrong, but. That's just me. I think it's playing off all the other Hallmark stuff and all the other sitcoms. It's just the fact that the in-laws are normal and the family is so weird. It's the fa- is, is what tells me that it's a parody. You know what I mean? I really, don't, I'm not sure how to explain it, but it gave me a couple. It gave me enough laughs where like like the falling off the roof, a couple jokes. Um, there was a lot that bothered me. It's not the best writing, but I see the skeleton of a good show. Also, that Christmas light scene moved me, and uh, <laughs> green light.
4: All right, guys. Well, that's a uh, one out of four. So sorry to very happy <laughs> whatever, but uh, no. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, no no guys. Um, <laughs> you know it's funny. I made the graphic ahead of time because I just assumed everyone was going to say no, but I'll redo it later. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you, Gordo. <laughs> your call. Green light or cancel?
1: Uh, this was not a good show at all, by any stretch of the imagination, there is a part of me that has a morbid curiosity to see what happens in the second episode, but not enough for me to greenlight it. Um, If we're just basing it off of this one episode alone, yeah, no, it's not good. Nothing about this show was good. Um, I can kind of see where Ferg is, is going with that, and this light scene did hit me a little hard, too it gave me almost a little tear, So, cancel.
4: Uh, Just to interject real quick, I thought the light scene was very projected. There was like a little moment where I didn't touch on it earlier where they go, well, I guess the tree lighting's canceled and like two of them looked at each other so you knew it was coming, so.
1: Hit it! (laughs) I didn't even catch that.
4: Yeah, uh, but yeah, all right, moving forward. Uh,
3: Joe. So just to play devil's advocate a little bit on Ferg's part here. So if it was a satire, then I can see where you would enjoy it, right? But if it's a satire, it's still a satire that is too long, has way too many cast members, gets you confused by who everybody is the whole time. So even on that, I just I can't pass it. It's just too... There's too much going on. The gay panic stuff was really, really weird. And then again, the turn where he's like this, you know, law-abiding, what have you, and then he's blackmailing somebody for his daughter. Like the whole thing is just so weird. I also think it's a missed opportunity that didn't call the episode Quinn and Juice, which uh, should have been the title of the show. But I I just can't abide by this. This is I love Christmas. I love Dennis Quaid. I love sitcoms. I can't in good conscience pass this one. No green light for me.
4: Nick. So,
2: yeah, this is one of those shows where um, as you talk about it, you realize it wasn't necessarily as bad as you thought it was initially. I agree with Ferg in a sense that there is a skeleton there. Um, I do think that there could be promise with this show if you made a bunch of changes, obviously, but like if you kept the skeleton and worked around that, um, it, there's a chance for potential basically. But as it stands right now, no, um, it just, it's kind of insulting to, if you're a fan of sitcoms, it's like insulting to watch shows like this because they go for cheap pops without any real like, reason to get one. Uh, it It's poorly written. The acting is, like we talked about, uh, Dennis Quaid, like, forgot how to act. I, I don't know. He phoned it in. He probably was like, this is fucking silly. I'm not going to give this my A-game. Um, and that's what it is. It's just silly. It's dumb. It's. Uh, I don't think it's satire. If it is satire, then they did a great job, but uh, I really don't think it is. Uh, and it's a cancel. I don't want to see any more of it. It's not. It doesn't entice me in any way, and uh, for that reason, it's a cancel.
4: Yeah. So I'm with the rest of you guys. So when I, as far as the satire thing goes, it's too in line with other Netflix originals. So I can't believe that it's satire because that's just how they format their shows. That's like the style, the the level of comedy. That's just what they do. Like I said before. If there was like a wink to camera, a little fourth wall break here and there, I might buy into it, but I just think it's a really over the top, goofy, bad show. I think they should have got away from the idea of it being just a Christmas based thing by name like we talked about as well. Maybe if it was just about the Quins or whatever, and then they could have moved on from the Christmas thing season to season or branched out, but you're pigeonholing yourself way too tight, making it a whole sitcom just about Christmas. That being said, even if they could work it out, just too many holes. I don't like the characters enough. It was it was just way too corny for me. Like I said, my favorite part of the show was the guy who left in ten seconds. <laughs> like, so I started IMDBing other things that he did just to see like what can I see this guy in? Um so yeah, it didn't do it for me. Uh cancel for me. so guys, it's a it's a one out of five. So sorry to marry happy, whatever. You do not get greenlit from us. Um, Much like Netflix decided that they made a terrible, terrible mistake after the first season came out. Um, So that's it. That's all the time you guys have. And that's all the time we have. So I want to remind you guys one more time. Go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to where you can find us on social media, everywhere where you can listen to us. Share, rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. It helps us out a ton. So please, I can't stress that enough. Please go ahead, leave reviews, leave ratings. And hit us up on social media. We'll get back to you. We're always listening to your ideas, suggestions, shows you want to hear us do. We're trying to line some of those up in the future for you. But we always talk back, so hit us up and uh, we'll get back to you. Very heartwarming every time you guys reach out to us. So uh, keep that up. Yeah, that's it. Um, We watched this so you didn't have to, but if you are interested, go on Netflix and Merry Happy Whatever is there in its entirety if you want to watch that season. Uh, Only one season, so it's a fairly quick watch if you need something to watch this um, Christmas season. But yeah, guys, that's it. Uh, We'll catch you again next week with a new episode. So thank you. Goodbye.
3: I think we got the best Coke and alcohol and great balls of fire.
0: That's my wife.